classic rivalries that define every college football season, Florida State and Miami. This week, it's one of the great rivalries in college football. And you have the thing about it, you have great respect for Miami. Listen, they're, they're a great team. They do everything. I mean, it, this game is always a physical, hard fight. It's one of the things I always loved about watching it. It's like playing against your brother, you know, playing playing in the backyard, you know, just in the neighborhood, you know, just pick up like a plan, a, a pickup game because you're very familiar with everybody in the neighborhood, and you know, a lot of guys been playing since like pop warning with each other, and it's just it's just great. I see, I see it as, you know, it's the U versus Florida State, and it's my duty, you know, our duty as a team to win. That's the only way I see it. You want your legacy of how you play against them to be very good, just like they want their legacy to be good against Florida State. Rivalry games are important, and they're better ri- rivalries when there's some winning and losing on both sides, and uh, that hasn't happened lately. Ponder rolls to his right, throws, Complete. The Kings have survived. 
we don't have a kid who's been here seven years, so they're definitely not worried about that streak right now. I mean, we want to win the game first and foremost, but of course, sending our seniors out with a win over Florida State would be amazing. But you know, that's just that's just onto the list of things that we want to do with the win. About every year we've played them, they they had some top eight, ten teams, you know what I mean, and uh, or ten or twelve. But this is a really good one. I think they're playing with great confidence, and it's just typical Miami team. You know, I only hear stories about how you know exciting it could be at FSU, but I love away games, so I thrive. And then I think that our defense thrives, and I think that our team thrives. This game counts. <laughs> You know, when you have your goal set, um, your, goal, your goal is to end up in Charlotte and play for the championship game and win it. The history, the memories, they'll live with us forever. But the recent history of the Miami-Florida State rivalry has not been very kind to the Miami Hurricanes. Seven straight years, seven straight losses to the Florida State Seminoles. But this is a new week, and it's a new week with some interesting scenarios. FSU lost its starting quarterback, Jean-Andre Francois, in its season-opening loss to Alabama, and then lost its next game at home to North Carolina State before narrowly escaping with a victory last week at Wake Forest. you got to applaud the Seminoles for challenging themselves to start the season against Bama. But this has been an atypical start for Florida State. The Knolls are 1-2 and two and are out of the top 20, which is just uncanny. They have not looked real good outside some flashes in the first half against Bama and maybe at the end of the game against Wake Forest. However, this is still a team that's loaded with four- and five-star recruits that will give its best to the Canes on Saturday. Meanwhile, Miami comes into the game feeling really good about itself in all areas. When you analyze the game, I mean, let's be honest, Miami seems to have an edge in several categories. After near misses the past three years, the Canes feel that this could be the year that they start to turn the tide in this storied series. But honestly, preparations are not exactly going picture perfectly. Poor weather forecasts inspired Mark Rick to move morning practices to the Miami Dolphins practice bubble the past two days. That meant early wake-up calls for the players and long bus rides in both directions. Rick felt good about the quality of the workouts, but there still is the question of whether fatigue could be a factor for the Hurricanes this weekend. Then there's the subject of a new storm bearing down on the panhandle of the state of Florida, which might affect the game time or the location. We hope to get word on that by tomorrow, but all options are on the table, uh, including playing earlier on Saturday, maybe even playing Friday night, or maybe moving the game to Orlando or even Hard Rock Stadium. But one way or the other, it looks like this game is not going to be canceled, which is a good thing. It's going to be played. And when it is, it'll be important that the Hurricanes ignore all of this talk of a Miami win before the game even starts and focus on their execution on game day. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to Canesport Live. Apologies for the minor technical difficulties we had earlier, um, but I hope we're past that. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. We have over 100 open phone lines. 
plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Um, you know the drill. If you've been with us before, you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. So, again, 563-999-3633. Uh, as always, we ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. We'll address them as we go forward. But I want to get right out to your phone calls because uh, I know you've been waiting. Let's start tonight in the 256 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. So what's happening, Garrett? All right, we're working. How are you? Who's this? This is Juan from Alabama, man. Hey, what's up, Juan? What do you got for us this week? Oh, man, not too much, not too much, man. I just really hope this game doesn't get canceled, man. I I got some family that's, it won't. you know, Crimson, Crimson Whores and, and Florida State fans, and I want us to beat them worse than Alabama beat them, but I just want us to win flat out, you know, period. You know what I mean? But I think we can beat them worse than they beat them. But uh, just to start off with a couple of things, man, uh, for one, D. Delaney definitely uh, played a heck of a lot better in that Duke game than he did in that uh, Toledo game. So I definitely say that much. Um, uh, we, we definitely got to stop the run because, I mean, you already know Blackman ain't really showed us nothing. I mean, I I was looking at some of the stats from the Florida, I mean, from the Florida State and Wake Forest game, and I believe at one point in time he was four for four for four yards. I mean, if we get beat by that by that type of play, I mean, man, that's that's pretty horrible. But uh, I didn't see Mark Walton do an interview, you know, after practice or anything. So I mean, is everything good with him? Yeah, he he's okay. He's been practicing, and 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 he he should be uh, ready to go. If not a hundred percent, certainly you know ninety percent. He he was really fine, and you know Mark. We've watched them get hurt now two games in a row, and, and it's looked pretty ugly both times. But uh, then a few minutes later, he's walking around like nothing happened. It's really bizarre. But, uh, yeah, I, I would expect him to be fine. And l- let me just comment real quick on because uh, I do have a couple opinions on what you just said. Um, starting with Dee Delaney, it looked to me like he settled down at Duke and, you know, just finally just relaxed and, and, and stopped putting pressure on himself to impress people and things like that and just play solid football. And I agree with you. I, I thought he played a really solid game up there and, and uh, really wasn't victimized uh, very much at all. And that was a big step forward, I thought, for the secondary and for the defense because uh, that's what they were counting on all along. And, you know, you guys have heard me talking since before the season about how important that I felt the D Delaney acquisition was. And uh, I know he struggled the first couple of weeks and I was looking like a little bit of a fool, no doubt about it, but um, he's really important to this football team and he's really important to the secondary. Um, and it was real significant that he just, and, and I, I think he was just, he was uptight. It, it looked to me like he was uptight. You know, he came to Miami from the Citadel. The whole plan was to impress people. I mean, let's be honest. He's trying to improve his NFL draft stock. And I think it was just too much going through his head out there the first couple of weeks. And uh, hopefully he can build off of what he did up in Durham. Um, and, and like I said, it, it is very significant uh, to the football team that he does so. Blackman, the FSU quarterback, I mean, honestly, he's a true freshman who uh, – it's, it's like amazing he's done as well as he has, to be honest with you. I mean, he, he, he's inconsistent as heck. That's to be expected. 
They're running a very vanilla offense with him, which they have to do. I mean, there's no way in the world that he's anywhere near capable of handling a full package at this point of his career. So Jimbo's having to, uh, you know, pick and choose and tighten up his playbook quite a bit. And it looks to me like he's going very conservative most of the time, very basic plays. But he's got maybe, you know, five or ten of them there written off to the side that, that he can call on in critical situations that he needs them from. This is the, how it looks to me like he's approaching these games. And uh, they'll prepare for those plays during the week, and then he whips them out when he really, really needs them. And that last play where they scored the touchdown against Wake Forest, I thought was a perfect example. They did a great job of isolating Arden Tate, their big receiver, um, and Blackman put the ball right on the money, and, and, and Tate was able to ward off the defender with his body, and, and uh, it, was a, it was a perfect play. And um, I think that everybody has to remember they are capable of that, okay? Uh, you know, the, the, this is still a football team full of four- and five-star athletes. It's a team that everybody considered a top-ten team, uh, for this season in college football and losing their quarterback was a massive blow. I, I mean, no doubt about it. And very few teams can recover from that. Um, but if anybody can recover and have a respectable season, I think it's Florida state because of all the other quality athletes they have. So I, I just, I hope that the football team is not taking this game as for granted as it, it has seemed as the fan base is uh, because uh, Florida state should keep getting better each week as this kid, you know, sort of learns and, and develops and, uh, you know, where obviously everyone would agree that Miami should be the favorite in this game. If Miami doesn't come and play its best up there, uh, assuming the game's at the Doke, then, uh, you know, this is, this is a game that has potential to go either way in the fourth quarter yet again. So, uh, I, I think Florida State will come in with a game plan that's, that, that is very similar. I think they'll try to get by on basic plays. I think they're going to try to run the football. Uh, obviously, the Miami pass rush is going to be the best that should be the best that they've faced this year. They're not going to want to expose the young kid any more than they have to. But there will be times when they have to go for it. And you know that Jimbo Fisher knows that going in. And he's going to have those same five, ten plays sitting there on the side of his play sheet that he can reach into when he needs them. So I think that's what you're seeing from Blackman. Um, he has not been hopeless by any stretch of the imagination, uh, just very inconsistent. All right, got you on that, Gary. I mean, now, after hopefully, you know, we go out there Saturday and uh, put in work and get the job done. And, you know, after that, you know, I hope they go ahead and, you know, do do what they need to do and, you know, possibly went out because it just makes us look that much better. But as I said earlier, you know, I want us to slaughter them, Gary. You know, I said it last week, I want us to slaughter everybody, you know what I mean, because I want us to put emphasis on this season so everybody knows, you know, what's going on down there in Miami. And ain't even a question mark about whether we're back or if we're just pretenders or contenders and all of that hippity hoombla. But uh, on the other hand, man, uh, Rozier's playing well with the exception of that. Uh, looked like it was a, like a live pass, like a fadeaway that he threw when uh, he threw that pick against Duke. But for the most part, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy to, to see how he's been playing. And uh, just to go ahead and uh, I'm going to end it with this now, Gary, and uh, you can keep me on hold. Uh, when you was reopening the show, you said, you know, hopefully we can turn the tide against Florida State. And, you know, hopefully we can turn the tide all the way around. Go ahead, stomp Florida State out, 
and, you know, continue to keep turning the tide by whooping butt all the way to the end of the year and then roll the tide in the national title game, Gary. You know what I'm saying? Playoff, whatever you want to call it. Hurricane for life, Gary. Keep me on hold. All right. Well, um, all right, Juan, thanks for getting this started. Obviously, it would be great to, at the end of the year playing Alabama. That would mean you had a pretty good season. Um, right now, I think that they would take getting the Charlotte and getting a shot at Clemson, and uh, that's what this game tomorrow is all about. You, when Miami plays Florida State every year like it does, if you don't win the game, you're spotting everybody in the Coastal, for the most part, a game, and uh, that's very, very tough to overcome. So, obviously, seven straight losses, you want to turn the tide, like I said, and you want to win the game for – all those reasons, but this has the potential. I think everybody sees that, that this has the potential to be a special season. And if you don't want to put yourself behind the eight ball here, you know, four games in, uh, you got to find a way to beat Florida state. And that puts you in real good shape in, in, in the coastal and, and uh, moving forward. And you're not spotting everybody a game. Instead it's Virginia tech that's spotting you a game because they lost to Clemson. And, uh, you know, that would put Miami in the driver's seat without a doubt to get to Charlotte. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Uh, don't know where Greg is tonight. Um, have, have not seen him pop into the queue as yet. Uh, probably got thrown off by the Tuesday to Wednesday night switch. Uh, but uh, so he, he, he wasn't around to be first tonight. And uh, maybe he'll join us later. But now let's go out to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. What you got for us? Who's this? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. There you are. Who's this? Are you listening on your phone? Are you listening on your phone or on your computer? Because I think you're getting a little bit of a delay there. Okay. No, I'm listening on my phone. Okay, we're good. So who's this? Uh, this is CD. Hey, what's up, CD? How you doing, man? I'm good. Hey, um, thought I'd give the guys a call and just let's see what's going on. What the? I kind of, I, I kind of trust with you. What you've been keeping a close eye on what's going on with the with the team and everything, and I got a bit. I'm I'm at first I was a little skeptical of Rosier, but he's proven to be kind of what I think that that they need there. Um, so he kind of proved me wrong. I didn't think he. I, I figured he would be good. He would be okay, not as good as he is. Let's put it that way. And um, and I think when we play Florida State, I think uh, this is gonna. It always comes down to special teams. Um, and, and, I mean, normally eight out of ten times it'll come down to special teams. So I just wanted to see what your take was on that, and what your take was on uh, on how Rozier is playing. Well, I, I, you know, I think that he was a question mark to start the season. Let's be honest; he had, he had one start. He had been Brad Kaya's backup for three years. So I think it was safe to assume coming into the season that he wasn't as good as Kaya. Uh, so there were question marks there, but I think he's answered every single question and uh, has really performed well the first three games. And, you know, now the questions become, can he sustain it? Can he go into Florida State and, you know, play a game 
and lead the team to victory, which is something that Brad Kaya was not able to do in, you know, in his opportunity. So, uh, you know, while I think there's a lot to be excited about with him and, and a lot to be happy about, I, st- I still think that there's more to see and, and more for him to show. Uh, but I think the first three games, I don't think you could be any happier with what he's done. Um, as far as the special well, teams on Saturday, no doubt. You know, everything's important when you play Florida State. Uh, you've seen how close the games have been the last few years. Uh, everyone's assuming that this one won't be as close, but I, you know, I think that's a, you know, questionable um, thing to assume. Uh, you know, I, I think that most Miami-Florida State games have been tight battles, and no matter what each individual team is going through, they they find a way to be competitive in this game. So, uh, you know, special teams and, and everything will have incredible importance. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me with Rosier is the guy doesn't – it doesn't seem – the game doesn't seem too big for him. Um, he, he comes in and he has um, – you know, they sometimes I guess they call it like the, the it factor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he makes a mistake uh, or he makes a bad throw. Um, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. And I think he's, he's a little bit more of a game. And I'm a Kaya guy. I was the first, I'm the first one to tell you I'm a Kaya guy because I like a guy that stands in the pocket that can make an accurate throw. Um, but I'm more of a guy that's about winning. So uh, he just strikes me as a guy that's a winner. Uh, not to take anything from Brad. I think he's got a better supporting cast than Brad. But all things being equal, I think that um, uh, I think guys seem to rally around him a little bit more. So, so I'm excited about Rosier, and uh, you know, he, uh, and I was. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, here's the thing, CD. He's he's risen he's risen to the occasion. He's the the moment hasn't been too big for him, and um, he, he's he's a cool cat out there. And and it, it, it's really been kind of an interesting evolution because a year ago when he was out there practice backing up Kaya, I think, I think he was in a total rut. You know, I, I think he started out with James Coley as the coach who recruited him and, uh, you know, went through the first few years, got the one red shirt year and, and just was pretty much relegated to being a backup. And I think as the games went by and the, the, the weeks went by and the months and the years, he just fell into like a little bit of a personal lull. And then Mark Rick came in as head yeah. coach and uh, wasn't very impressed with him, to be honest with you. I mean, it was starting to look like he had no future here. And, uh, you know, honestly, I thought at that time when I saw what was going on and I kind of, you know, heard how Mark felt about him and, and, you know, what Mark was saying and stuff. Uh, I mean, I just assumed Nikosi Perry was going to walk into this program and be this, be the quarterback this right. year. But, uh, right. In, in tribute to Malik, he got his act together and he slowly earned the confidence of Mark Richt and uh, had a pretty good spring and continued the momentum through the summer and then had a great fall camp. And there was sort of like this this change in him, as, as, you know, and, and he just became uh, more more dynamic and, and his I guess the leadership ability that was always inside of him started to come out. And uh, there was no question coming out of fall camp that he was the best guy to be the starting quarterback of this team. And he's just taken it and just run with it. And he's had a couple bad plays here or there for the most part, like we've said, I mean, he's been pretty darn rock solid and uh, you know, props to him. Yeah. 
right. Well, that's what I just called for. I'm I'm kinda just glad that um that he he he, he kinda proved me wrong. Not that I, I I was thinking that he couldn't play at Miami. Uh I would I, I didn't know I was a little skeptical. Um but uh he's admittedly uh much better than I expected. So I'll I'll let you you guys uh I'll let you guys talk some canes, I'll hang on the line. All right, and, uh, CD. Hey, I'm, I'm sure everybody, there's a lot of guys out there thrilled to hear your voice. Uh, you know, try to take it no, a little not. easier. You got, you got to take a little easier on some of these guys on the message board. But uh, thank you for calling in the show, and we hope you do it again. All right. All right, CD. CD Wright, the legend, makes one. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was his Kane Sport Live debut. It might be the second time he's called into the show, but. Uh, Nonetheless, like I said, I'm sure a lot of people were happy to hear his voice. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to Tallahassee to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? This is Omar, man. I'm a little bit. Omar, I'm what's a up, bit man? Dis- yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed, man. Let me tell you what happened. I called in. I tried to beat uh, Greg today. I wanted to start off in 850 since y'all coming to Tallahassee. And the system <laughs> messed up. I had to hang up like two or three I know. times. I called. I called. I know. Like, I mean, I mean, literally. And you were, per- at, you were first. You were. You were first. Yeah. You wow. were first. I had to I had reset. Like, man, uh, I had to reset the system. The system wasn't working yeah. right at eight o'clock. It took a few I minutes think, to figure it out, but but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I probably should have brought you on yeah. first. You you were, you were definitely yeah. first. Yeah. I said Gary don't glitch the system. Since Gary, oh, since Greg ain't first, he glitched the system. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we but wouldn't yeah, do that yeah. to you because you were you were there at seven forty-five. I saw you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get to it, man. Um, first thing I want to say, uh, I. They had red wine at cornerback last game. I think he really needs to stay at cornerback. I feel like he's more serviceable because, I don't know, he it's kind of like the more of the point of attack, point of attack with a lot of those short balls they were throwing on him. He, was, he wasn't, you know, on the play as in breaking up the play, but he didn't let it go past a five-yard kick, you know, or a three-yard kick. And he was, he was like he that. He seemed like he played. He was way more serviceable. I seen him more active on the field at cornerback. So I think they, I really think they should leave him there. You well, think, I you mean, think, uh, he he's got a lot of experience at corner, obviously. So if they have to take a safety and drop him down the corner uh, because of a formation or or a matchup, uh, they always have the capability to do that. And that's, I guess, one of the one of yeah. the positives of having him back there. Yeah, I see. The thing with me, since I seven, uh, foot seven is so good, a lot of teams are throwing fast, so they're not really looking for the deep ball. So I feel like our corners are more important than our safeties at this point because they're not throwing deep. So we need, if we have lockdown corners, wherever they're throwing it at, they don't have much time, you know, with, with, with us with how our front seven is working. So if we can get some kind of short shutdown corners, Going on, then I think we'll be even. That'll push us over the over the hump as far as you know the secondary goes. Well, you know, we talked but, earlier in the show about Dee Delaney. He played a lot better last week, and and I think that yes, helps quite he did. a bit. Yeah, I mean Malik yes, Young's been pretty. He's been pretty solid all along. 
Uh, he had a couple bad plays last week where he didn't turn and look for the ball the way he probably should have. But uh, for the most part, he's been pretty solid uh, throughout the year. So, you know, I, I think they're making progress. Yeah, they are. I, um, another thing, um, how do you feel like Jeff Thomas is doing with the special team? I really feel like, I don't know, I thought he would be more dynamic on kickoff, but I think his specialty is really punt returning. But I, I just don't see him, he don't seem like he has that vision yet as far as kickoff goes. I, I want to, I would like to see um, them put, um, what's the guy never get on the field, on um, the 13 of the freshman. DJ? Dallas. Yeah. yeah. I like to see what he got back there. I feel like they ain't giving him enough opportunity to really get on the field. No, he hasn't had any many opportunities yet. But, you know, the, the thing about all these guys is they're, they're true freshmen. They're kids. They're just coming out of high yeah, school. They, they, don't really, they don't really know what they're doing yet. They're nervous as heck. And, yeah. you know, the game is faster than what they're used to. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, yeah. when you're returning kicks in high school ball in St. Louis, and now you're out there for the Miami Hurricanes, and those guys are coming yeah. at you, it's a whole different deal. Yeah, okay? it, yeah. and, it is. And, and, and it I, is. I, I think people are underestimating that a little bit and, and thought that these guys were just going to walk into their Hurricane uniforms and be superstars from day one. And that, in most cases, is just not reality. And, uh, you know, w- w- will we see flashes from – Jeff Thomas, DJ Dallas, and Mike Harley this year. Yeah, we'll see flashes. I mean, Harley had a nice catch yeah. in the Toledo in the Toledo game, but yeah. you know, you're not going to see it every single game, and yeah. you're not going to see it, uh, you know, series after series. I don't think. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, uh, I move on to my next point. Um, do you think the freshman lineman will get playing time against Florida State? I think I, I like to see more uh, play out of Bethel and Garvin. I think those two guys are, are kind of really shining as in, you know, picking up the slack and even kind of selling a little bit than more than what I definitely thought they would be at this point. Well, they're in the rotation. I mean, you know, Garvin's doing incredibly well. I mean, for, for that he's as effective as he is as a true freshman – uh, just tells you what kind of player he's going to end up being eventually. Um, when you get to the point next year where you got him on one side and, and Joe Jackson on the other, uh, that's got a chance to be really special. But, uh, you know, they'll be in the rotation. I don't think Miami's going to change what they do. They're going to rotate. They're going to try to keep guys fresh. You might see the starters get more reps in a game like this at Florida State. But uh, yeah, I think they'll continue playing a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they add that element of unknown because you know the, our main four linemen like they know sort of state knows what the potential they can do. So you you know you're gonna be a more on your ball game, but when you see this guy, this unknown name come on the field, you don't know what he's gonna do. You know, he's he's an unknown, so it's kinda like he has more hidden things that he can show you that you, you just wouldn't see coming your way. And I hope we kind of play on to that more, too, because I think that'll help us get more set if they kind of, like, keep the guys fresh. But another thing, I saw um, um, Thomas, Thomas, he he did a good job on the line last game. I I see they moved him him around a little bit, and he looked good. I think he got – did he get a sack when um, on the other side, on the, uh, what, the weak side, wrong side? Well, 
whatever side he usually is not on, they had him on the other side with Joe Jackson. Yeah. And he seemed like he got a, I think he got a sack or got a lot better pressure than he would from the side that he usually comes from. Yeah, he did a little bit better at Duke, but there, there's so much more there that he's got he's to gotta find some way to summon it out of himself. I mean, Chad Thomas is running out of time, man. I mean, it, it's like yeah. he came in, there were so many expectations. He was a five-star, and he really hasn't shown it. And now he's in his last year, and, um, you know, you're already a quarter of the way through the season. And, uh, you know, he's got to turn it up. He's got to find something within him that gives him a little bit more passion for the game because he's got the physical ability. Yeah, and this is the game that he needs to turn it up. If you want to send a scout some, this is the game they're going to be looking at to see what he can do against competition that matches his level. So if he can do something this game, I think it'll help him out. Because right now, I don't even know. If he was to leave today, I don't know where he'll get drafted at. That's just how bad it is. And you've been there four years, five-star, and you kind of like, yeah, I give him, like, honestly, a fourth-round, fourth late third-round pick, if that. And that's being yeah. honest. I think that's, that's giving him a little bit more than what he showed. It's just it's like that potential. He got untapped potential that just seemed like it's never buffling. It's never bubbling to the surface. But, yeah, yeah, unfortunately for him, that's probably reality right now. Yeah. My next point, I thought, uh, how do you feel about the play of McLeod up to now? I feel like he's – I felt like he would be going to kind of take that step forward, but it seems like uh, the other two linebackers feel kind of like overshot, outshining when it comes to on the field. I see he made, he made some sure passes. But I don't just see him really making, you know, his presence felt. Yeah, there's still time. Uh, I, I think you'll see him do that before the year's out. I'm a big fan of the, of McLeod. And uh, if you look at just raw ability, he might be the best of the three linebackers. I know Shaq makes a ton of plays because he's the guy in the middle, and, and, and that position lends itself to making plays and, and, and getting high tackle totals. But uh, Zach McLeod's yeah. a very good linebacker, and um, Pinkney is, is just a gamer. You know, Pinkney just seems to rise up on game day. And yeah, he, man, he I finds love ways. Yeah, he just he finds Pinkney. ways to, to stand out and, and, and yeah. you know, just make you applaud him and see him. But, but, but Zach McLeod might be the best of the three in terms of pure yeah, just, linebacking ability. Yeah, he seems to be the more, you know, the strongest one out of the three, but it just seems like – he don't make those plays that much. And I, I see actually seeing like more plays go bigger on that side. Like I don't see him plugging the hole like I see um uh not not uh dang, what's the what name called the interception. Yeah, I can see some bad with names, but yeah, I see him more active, but he seems like more of an X factor to me. Um um the one that caught the pick last game. He's like the X factor on that on that as the linebacker. He brings that um that that motivation, that hunger. Seems like you know every play. But uh, what what is one more thing? What is your your game prediction, man? You can put me on hold. Um, I, I you know I, I think it's time for Miami to win this game. I, I think everything's going in their favor. The only thing that can derail them, in my opinion, is if they take it for granted and and that they think they've won the game yeah. before they show up to play it. And uh, you know they're, they're the yeah. better team right now. I, I think that they they have 
more to play for here because of all the disappointments of recent years. And um, I'm expecting Miami to go up there and play a, a solid game and, and win the game. Yeah, I, I'm saying, what's your, what's your game score prediction, though? Um, I'll say 10 points. 10 points? Yeah. yeah. And actually, you know, I mean, we was really supposed to win that game last year. That kick, that kick killed me. That kick missed, that missed field goal killed me. Well, so did the interception in the end zone. Those two things derailed a, a victory last year. Yeah, and another thing, I heard you talking about Brad Collier, man. I love Brad Collier. I love his, as a quarterback, he was a total quarterback. But all through those three years he was there, I never seen that heart in him. I don't see the heart. I don't see that. I never saw that, that, that you know, pushed over the edge moment where it's like, man, let's tighten up. Let's get this together. I never saw him just take full command. He always was like, you know, stay kind of like, I don't know, like monotone, stayed on the same level to a point that, you didn't get nothing from it. Well, sometimes it, that neutral thing can be good, but it can be bad. Sometimes you got to show emotion. You got to show that I'm in it with you, that we're going to keep fighting. We got your, your team needs to see that at some point. And he never he never showed it none. Even when it was his last last year and it was like his time to leave. Nobody, he was like the oldest, you know, on the, at, 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 at the position. So, I just felt like he never gave us that, and that really hurt our team a lot because you're only as good as your quarterback. And your quarterback emotions and how they feel about the game takes on that as a team as well. If they see you, you know, chill back in the background, even though y'all losing and not showing, you know, no heart or no, like, talking to the line or no motivation, they're going to do the same thing, just play through the motions. And that's what I got from him. He played through the motions too much. But, yeah, Alrighty, that's Omar. All I got. Well, we're, we're, hopefully we'll be coming to see you. Uh, they still got to figure out what's going on with that storm, but uh, hopefully yeah, they'll get this game in up there and uh, you'll get a chance to have the Canes in your hometown of Tallahassee. So thanks for being part yeah, of the show. I'm give us a call to, next week. Yeah, I'll be at the game. If I'm able to get there uh, early enough, I'm gonna try to come talk. Holla at you. Okay, I'll be on the I'll be all on the Miami right. sideline before the game. So do that. All right, all Omar. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go out to the 757. You are live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Who's this? You're, you're breaking up on us. It's Kane Kane, baby. You know, I met you yesterday hey, last up, Friday Kane, out there at the Duke Kane, baby. Yeah, man. You were all cool yep. in your shirt, chilling and stuff. Cool guy, <laughs> man. Cool guy. Cool guy. I ain't got it much great to say, scene. man. Just great scene. Oh, it was great nice scene, man. There, man, as always. I thought it was like, Gary, man, I got to go down here and scream at my man right quick. Because I'm always, <laughs> where you been? I'm always working, but you had it tonight at Wednesday, so I was off. Hey, man, just, man, I heard about this storm. Man, I got a couple guys they kind of leaning like they don't want to go. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do because I don't spend $700. I can't sit back and wait. They knew that, you know, when we got the tickets, we didn't know what the season was going to bring. Okay, FSU ain't where we want them to be. They ain't undefeated. We thought we were both going there undefeated. So be it. Now they talking about a storm. I know they scared. But my homeboy Charles, I might have to ride out down there to Thomasville, North Carolina, and catch a ride with him and his boys and head up there. My man, Henry got my ticket. But whatever be the case, let's go Canes. I ain't got nothing to say. I will say one thing. 
man, look, 24-6, put your workhorse on the bench. That's all I'm going to say. Put him on the bench. Even if he ain't hurt, faking the funk or whatever, put him on the bench. There ain't no need for him to be in the game. Game was over. You know it. I know it. And all the Kane fans know it, too. But other than that, man, hope to see you in Tallahassee. Rock, baby, rock. Let's kick there. You know what? Because I'm seven years too deep in this mess. FSU will go down 305, ride or die. Holla, gang. I'm out. All right, Kane, Kane. <laughs> Thanks for coming back to the show. And like I said, it was great seeing you up there at Duke. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And now we are going to go to the 205. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? It's JT from Nashville. Hey, what's up, JT? Hey, uh, talk um, to us. Super glad Kane Kane came in and gave us that. We, I think that was awesome. He's a cool guy. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, I got a couple things. Um, so I'm sure you heard about uh, Coach Rick uh, getting in trouble for cussing on the sidelines and the camera. What do you mean getting in trouble? He didn't get in trouble. I in trouble. I mean, just somebody, somebody pointed it out to him. I think it was on the radio, on some radio show that he had been caught oh, yeah. on camera. And what did he say? Yeah, no. Yeah, you know, f this, mother f this. Uh, I, I, I honestly, it, it was a, it was a relief to me to kind of see that uh, killer kind of instinct and get him being hot on the sideline when we were doing so well. Because uh, that was something that. In his later years at Georgia, uh, he was kind of lacking the killer instinct that he used to have, and I'm just glad to see that uh, he has uh, kind of regained that attitude with this Miami team. I think this team has them excited. You know, I I, I really do. I, I I think that you know this team has a lot of potential. I think when you look at this season, it has a chance to be a, a special season. And I think he wants to be a difference in that. I think he, you know, he, he's coaching very hard, I think. And uh, I think that's why that passion kind of shone through. Um, I'm not sure that he, you know, really wants people to see him like that on on national television, but uh, that's raw, you know, and and I don't see any, any, I certainly don't see any problem with it. No, not at all. Um, It's just good to see that uh, former Kane teams and, uh, this year's Kane team that's really, really going to need to especially come to fruition during this Florida State game is times we've been up and kind of not had that killer instinct to kind of put teams away uh, or blow them out of the water just altogether. But I digress. Um, I thought in the uh, in the Duke game, I talked to you probably two weeks ago about us having our secondary lined up too far, the safeties. And it seemed like Toledo kind of took advantage of that in this quick game with their quick game. And Duke was kind of hitting some RPO stuff over the middle. So hopefully Manny Diaz is paying attention to that. And I know Jimbo Fisher is going to try to do a lot of quick game. Well, I thought they tightened it up a little bit against Duke. You know, it seemed like they did. Uh, you know, I think they were expecting a similar game plan from Duke, and uh, I thought the corners did a much better job on the receivers and didn't give them that kind of cushion. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. At times, at times, any time that Duke would hit kind of a bigger pass play, it was always that RPO to most of the time it was McLeod kind of having to play that run, and they just stick it, uh, duck it in behind his head, but – uh, I guess uh, I was really impressed with the way that the defense showed up, and I thought D. Delaney has really grown, and kind of like you said, 
didn't really worry about much and just kind of went out there and played, and that made a world of difference. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, Duke averaged eight yards of completion, which I thought was was very encouraging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question as far as moving on to this Florida State game. When's the last time that we've had our O-line just physically dominate a defensive line that was equivalent to the talent that uh, Miami has on defensive line? I can't remember it. It's been a long time. And I think that that's going – to me, that's where Miami is going to win or lose the game. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Far, I don't know if that's reality. moving the football. Yeah, I don't know if it's reality, you know, to expect this offensive line to just go out there and totally dominate a team like Florida State. I think they're going to have to, you know, do what they've been doing on offense. Run the ball, throw the ball, mm-hmm. don't be predictable. Um, I, I think, you you know, you might see a little bit more, hopefully, play action game this week. Uh, you know, I think you'll see um, some wrinkles in the offense that maybe you haven't seen to this point this season. I, I can only imagine that you will. Uh, I don't think you can expect to just go out there and overpower Florida State with the with the. No, no, no. I, I, and I don't. I I don't expect that. I, I would just have line be at least at least rush for over a hundred yards against Florida State because that hasn't happened in a long time. It, at least it, it, to me, anytime we play a team with a formidable defensive line, it almost seems like our running game just completely goes away. Yeah, I think there's a decent chance you'll see that. You know, I don't, I don't you know, I, I think that's a realistic expectation. I just don't know that, that, that this mm-hmm. offensive line is built to be dominant against most teams Miami will play. Uh, they certainly weren't dominant against Duke, you know, and uh, I'm, yeah, not sure Bethune, I'm not sure Bethune or Toledo is is a really good barometer for dominance, you know. So Duke was really the best defensive team they've played so far this year, and uh, I wouldn't say they were dominant at all. I thought they struggled at times up there, and um, I felt that you know that they need to play better than they did. I agree, and, and to me, that's what's going to. I think this is the first game, more than likely, that we'll really see uh, Rozier kind of tested and kind of see how he responds to some pressure and making quick decisions, maybe not off his first or second read, and maybe having to make some things happen with his legs. I mean, you tell me what you think. Well, I mean, he had, uh, what what was it, 15 carries in the last game? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that he's going to carry the ball more than 15 times. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily want him to uh, try to do more with his legs than what he did last game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a mm-hmm. part of his game. I mean, if there's nothing there, he's looking to, to run. Uh, what, what I really want to see him evolve into is a guy that can get away from the pressure and look to run but keep his eyes on the field and, and make plays – down the field throwing the football off the scramble. I think he's got that kind of capability. Um, I don't think he was looking to do that at Duke. I think he was – if the play was broke down, I think he was tucking the ball and just running. And, and I think that that could be uh, his next step as a quarterback is to, you know, capitalize on broken plays more and uh, mm-hmm. for open guys down the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I'm interested in seeing how our receivers hold up against their cornerbacks. I think I just really think that their defense 
is the one that's going to show up is not the one that showed up against NC State or uh, Wake Forest. I really think Miami's going to really get FSU's best shot, and they're going to see the team that kind of held Alabama to 10 points through three quarters and really looked on par with them for the majority of that game until they started turning the ball over left and right. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a defensive grind, and I think the first team to 20 is going to win. All right. You got anything else for us tonight? No, uh, uh, you can put me on hold. I just want to say uh, I'm looking forward to the game. I'd love to see Miami go in there and put four complete quarters together without any streaky lapses on offense and defense. I think if that happens, Miami will be more than pleased with the with the outcome, and we'll all be happy to get this monkey off our backs. But other than that, thanks, man. Go Canes. All righty, man. Thanks for being part of the show. I would say the Canes is certainly due for that type of performance against Florida State. All right, guys. This next segment of Cane Sport Live is going to be brought to you by thestartup.com the world's first virtual incubator created by Canes fans to help Canes fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. And you've heard me talk about this company um, all season long thus far, a company that was created by Canes fans. And if you're not a Canes fan, you don't get to work there. I just think that's like really, really cool. And the folks at the startup.com have created a workplace without walls and an internet-based platform called The Ecosystem, where any current or aspiring entrepreneur can go and test their ideas, build their business plans, communicate and strategize with team members, and even forecast and manage their cash flows. So I know a lot of you guys out there have your own businesses, or you would like to start one and, and be an entrepreneur. I encourage you, go to the startup.com and let, you, let them help you, because The Ecosystem was created to be a command center for the entrepreneur, housing a robust suite of digital tools for startups and business owners. So visit the startup.com today for a free trial. It's one site at one price to rule them all. The startup.com, the company created by Keynes fans, where you got to be a Keynes fan to work, and now where they want to help all of the business owners and aspiring business owners in the Keynes nation be successful. Uh, when they're not at Hard Rock Stadium cheering on the Canes. So check them out, thestartup.com. All right, let's get back to your calls. The number 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 352. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How's it going today? This is Brad from Gamesville. What's up, Brad? How you doing this week? Nothing much. Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, here in Gainesville, uh, obviously, this is Miracleville, it seems like, right now. Uh seems like every every game they play, they, they're getting some type of lucky win, man. So they're a little happy uh, up here. But, of course, I'm, I'm ready for this game. It's been like that for a few years, actually. They, they, are, they, are, the, they yeah. are a blessed team, man. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. Um, so, obviously, last week uh, against Duke, I think we played really well. Um, especially offensively and defensively as a whole. Um, I, it was very great to see Amon Richards back on the field, um, like any Kane fan. Um, seeing him break that one little slant pass for the touchdown, man, it was great to see him back on the field. Um, also, as, as well, uh, I think Michael Pickney had a very great game. Um, I think he had, what, like 10 tackles, um, 
sack and interception or something like that. But just seeing him wear that turnover chain, man, it felt like it felt like he uh, he really uh, needs to wear that turnover chain more often. He gave a little bit more excitement than usual. I feel like when you put on that chain, man. It's fun, isn't it? I love that turnover chain. Just the just the juice it brings to the sideline. It's uh, it's, oh, just, man. it's he, nice seeing kids that. get a chance to be kids, you know. Yeah, man, he brought that real Miami feel back back to the TV screen. It felt like, man, I, I didn't see anything like that since uh, the Sean Taylor days. Uh, but uh, speaking of the Sean Taylor days, um, of course, back in those days when we played Florida State, it was more of a uh, a rainy. Uh, back and forth crazy game and like any big Kane fan I mean I would love to blow out Florida State by 40 like we all want to but I think at the end of the day this is a rivalry game and speaking of those rainy games looking at the forecast now it looks like if we do play in Tallahassee it it might be a rainy game Uh, so I I expect not too many crazy plays Um, and being a little bit more conservative what do you think about that? It's hard to say. Hey, you can't. It, it, how how can we predict how the game's going to play out? I, you know, I, I think Florida State's going to try to drag Miami into a defensive battle, if they can. You know, I don't think they want to get into a scoring contest. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, it's really almost impossible to predict how a football game like this is going to play out. You know, two two teams that are going for it that have explosive players on both sides of the ball. It's really anything goes. Do you, do you think Jimbo is going to try to uh, help the freshman quarterback, obviously with that uh, very bad offensive line they have in our experienced defensive line? Do you think he's going to make more of the play calling that we saw from like Toledo and Bethune-Cookman with the quick passes? That way there's not getting too much pressure on that young quarterback. Yeah, but I think, you know, I, I think Miami's going to be looking for that, you know. So at some okay. point you got to go down the field. And, uh, you know, I talked about it earlier in the show. I've kind of watched Florida State, and I kind of think I see what Jimbo's doing. You know, he's, he, he's lulling people to sleep. He's running very basic plays, very basic offense. And then when he thinks it's the right time, he's got like, it looks to me like about five to ten plays in his back during the week because he can't throw a full offense at this kid. And it's not a full, it's not what would typically be a Jimbo Fisher game plan. And uh, he's got those five or ten plays, and he reaches for them, you know, when he thinks it's the right time. And um, so I, I would expect to see the same thing this week. Okay, got you, got you. And obviously this is a, a big momentum uh, game like it is every year. It seems like obviously the past seven years when we lost, it, it kind of goes downhill from there. So hopefully if we get this W, and when we do get this W, uh, we get that momentum back our way. But um, as far as uh, a couple of recruits, is there any big recruits uh, that you know of that will be attending this game? Because I know we do have a few recruits out there like Tyson Campbell, Patrick Sertain, and a few others that are kind of leaning towards either Florida State, Miami, and a few other schools. So what's your take on that? And if you know anything new on those yeah. Uh, players. Yeah, there's several. I'm, uh, I'm, I, have, I have a list that, that I'm trying to find here uh, re- real quick while we're talking. Um I didn't okay. have it in front. I don't have. I don't have it in front of me. But I'll. Uh, I'll pull there. There's a. There's a building list of recruits that are that are supposed to be uh, at the game this weekend. But with the weather um, situation, you know, I don't know if if that'll change or or, or not change. But uh, most of the top players in the state, I, I think, are planning to be there. Uh, particularly, obviously, the the ones that are um, committed to Florida State. Uh, let me see here. I, I just uh, I just 
pulled up the list. Give me a second here. Yeah, I was seeing on the message right. board uh, anything about Patrick Sertain. Uh, yeah, do we actually have a chance of maybe getting back in the mix of him, or is that just uh, a I, wishful thinking? I'm not real optimistic there. Uh, you know, I mean, okay. he's he's one he's one of the guys that's on the list this week. Uh, just to throw out a few of the names, uh, you've got um, Max Johnson, the uh, 2020 quarterback who um, who Miami's recruiting. He's the the son of Brad Johnson. Uh, he's supposed to be there. Uh, I'm going to skip all the Florida State commits. I don't think you guys really care about that. Um, let me see here. Dennis Briggs potentially might be there. Uh, Coyote Oladele, who Miami at one time was recruiting, he's on the list, although I don't expect him to get back in the picture with Miami. Sertain will be there. Uh, possibly Tyson Campbell uh, could be there. Uh, Patrick Joyner, the linebacker who's committed to Florida State, um, who Miami's trying to flip. Um, he's potentially going to be there. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's still a list that's evolving, but those are just some of the guys that I believe will be in attendance this weekend. Awesome, man. I appreciate uh, the call and everything and uh, listening to you every week. And I just want to give a shout-out to Brent over at uh, Caneswear uh, for some of the new uh, T-shirts I just ordered. Uh, they're really amazing. And then also DJ over at Dime Life, the new uh, turnover chain is uh, on the way to my house as we speak, and I can't wait for it, man. All right, man. I'm sure they appreciate those commercials, and uh, give us a call next week. All right, uh, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 404 now. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yes, sir, that's you. Gary, hey, yeah, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Travis. Uh, I'm, in the hey. and I'm, from, I'm from Miami. Uh, I just had a couple quick points I wanted to ask you about that I noticed. Go ahead, man. You got the floor. What, what's, what's your opinion on – I noticed um, whenever Malik Young is covering, he usually he right there stride for stride with the receiver, but he's got a problem getting his head around. So my question is um, – do do they is, is, do they coach there or, or what? Did you notice that that was a problem in camp? And is and have you heard that they're trying to to, to work on that or, or mention it to them? You know, it's 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 a hard thing to get to wrap your arms around. To be honest with you, uh, I, I'm gonna have to try right. to have a conversation with Coach Rump about that and and get a, a full understanding of exactly what's supposed to happen. You see this all right. over football. I don't understand. I, I'll never understand it. You know. The game that I grew up watching, the cornerbacks were supposed to turn for the ball and make a play on the ball, not wait for the ball right. to hit the receiver's hands and try to swat it away at the t- at that moment. Um, right. And you just see so many cornerbacks playing like that. And, yeah, Malik fell into that trap a few times. Uh, is he taught to do that? Uh, I mean, I really, you know, without having the full conversation with Coach Rumpf, I really don't want to say, but I am going to try to do that as soon as I get a chance because uh, I think it's a very legit question and I knew it was one that people were going to be asking because of the, the, those few plays that we saw last week. And, uh, I mean, I know I don't like it any more than you don't like it. You know, it, it's, to me that's, that, that is not a recipe for success at the cornerback position. I'm not a DB coach, but, right. you know, yeah. I, I like to see my corners turn for the ball. Right, and and, 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 and you know, um, I mean – 
if you if you think if to put the to put the season in perspective or the the DB plan to perspective, I think that if he could just learn to turn his head around, and Delaney can play uh, at the level he played at Duke and and progress, I think then you know now we're talking about something that might be um, special because now that the question mark of the cornerback because. Um, even in the Duke game, I don't I don't recall Trajan Bandy. I haven't I don't recall him getting beat. I mean, maybe I think Toledo some, he might have made a mistake, but Bandy is usually in the receiver's hip pocket in, in in the slot, and so you know your safeties don't have to be special if you got a front seven like we have, and then you got three corners that can man up and stay with the receiver. You don't have to have you know Sean Taylor in the backfield. So I mean, you know I just couldn't it, the great ones turn and make their interception, you know. And he, but, but the first thing you got to do is be able to stay with him, and he's been doing that. And then, two, uh, another point, um, do you notice that, you know, Shaq, Shaq Quarterman has been kind of, I mean, it, it seems like every game we see Pickney, but Quarterman has been kind of quiet, and I don't know, it just it just seems like it's, it's it, he hasn't stuck out to me. I mean, and I've I seen him in it in the wrong position a couple of plays. I don't know. Have you seen the same thing? No, I think he's very steady. I think he's been, been, been pretty darn good. I, I, I love the way Shaq Quarterman plays and um, I think he's mm-hmm. a, he's a smart kid. I, I think he's always ready. I think he's, he's always got the game plan down and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, look, every, every guy's going to be out of position every now and then or whatever, but I don't, I haven't seen any problems with his play at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It just, I mean, it just seemed like, you know, it, it seems like when he can meet the runner in the hole, it's, it usually seems like once the runner gets to him, that's what he's talking at. Is what is more what I was saying. Not so much that he, you know, that he's not a position. It's just that I think he can make more plays at the line of scrimmage before the running back scoops out for three or four yards. I'm not sure the guys in front of him have been playing as well as they could play. Uh, you know, to yeah, me, McIntosh is he's flashed at times, but. You know, I don't think the D line as a whole has been anywhere near the level that they're capable of so far this year. And and I don't know if that nine day break without practice, twenty one days without a game, um, maybe it took its toll a little bit more on the big guys um, mm-hmm. than than the the skill position guys. But uh, I, I just I don't think those guys have even scratched the surface of what they can do in games. And right. uh, you know, hopefully this week they turn it up a bit. Yeah, Norton Norton's been a bit quiet compared to his first two years, but um one, one, my last question then I and then I listen to it back um do you see us losing do you see besides obviously Joe, um, but because of you know, how far he is away, but did you do you see any other potential um defects from the class? And have you heard anything or do or do you if you had to guess on a surprise on one of the big names that's still out there, which one do you think or might have you got some type of indication that we're in a good spot to get them? And so, I uh, the the surprise, I would say Tyson Campbell. I, I think they're doing better with him than people thought, and I think they got a decent chance to get him. Um, who in the class right now would, would I be most worried about other than Josh Job? Um, maybe Gervin Hall would be one, okay. you know, who seems to be – you know, listening a little bit to other people. But um, right. I think for the most part, the class is pretty solid. 
I didn't get um go Kane, man. I can't wait to Saturday. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit one on your keypad to come on the show. That'll put you in the queue, and um, we'll get you on in the order that you land. Uh, we got a couple guys in there right now, but uh, if you want to come on tonight and be part of the show, this would certainly be a good time to hit the number one and get yourself in line. Uh, let's go now to the two three nine. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Doing great. Who's this? This is Joe Fort Myers. Hey, what's up, Joe? You're breaking up a little bit. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh, if you're on a cell phone, try to go to a different side of the house. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe. We can't we can't hear you. So, so um, call back in, okay? And we'll get you on in a, in a little bit. Uh, this this connection you're on right now is not real good. All right, let's go now to the um, the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on? Doing great. Who's this? It's Kane 35 in Jacksonville. What's up, man? How you doing up there this week? This week? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Um. Just trying to figure out what the deal is on this game, man. I, I think Jimbo trying to trying to ease out this game. What you think? Yeah, he can't escape it. They got to play it. Um, you know, it's too critical to the whole season and the conference. They're not going to cancel it. Uh, if they do anything, they might move up the game time to Friday night, maybe earlier Saturday. Um, and if the, if the storm looks like it's going to be really, really bad, maybe they move it to Orlando or even as far south as Miami. But in in some way, shape, or form, this game is going to be played. Exactly, exactly. I tell you what, uh, the, the other guy called in talking about Florida looking. Let me tell you something. Florida State is a lucky team, too, even though they lost those two games. Had Wake Forest had just about a, a, a seven more points in them. You know, because the offense, it was sputtering. It would move the ball, then it gets stopped. It would move the ball, get stopped. But that quarterback, I mean, he, he he's pretty sharp, but he made some bad throws, too, at, at times in that game. But I tell you what, Wake Forest defense, man, I tell you what, that defense came to play, man. My hat go off to those guys. Those guys were balling. I mean, they were hitting out there. You hear me? I think yeah. I think, I think they running backs are kind of scared. Them boys were hitting them, man. They was hitting well, hard. You know, they're, they're, they're the kind of team that – plays like every game is the last game of their life and, and they have to if they want to be competitive and they're having a good season uh they have a good coaching staff there now at wake forest and you know they don't want to be the, the the poor sister of the acc and you know i think they bring that chip on their shoulder every week and they're playing well hey, hey gary i want i want i want to comment on picnic I think Pickney is the best linebacker on that team that guy is always around the ball man he he has a knack for being around the ball. I mean, I like Shaq, don't get me wrong, but I don't think Pickney gets the – he. I don't think he gets the praise that he deserves, man. That guy is a baller, man. He is a baller. He turns it up a notch on game day. He really, really does. So there's something about game day that just takes that guy's game up, and, and uh, he has a knack for making big plays. Uh, I, I think that that's why he stands out to you as, say, the best linebacker on the team. All three of them are very good. I mean, all three of them are capable of making a big play at, at any moment. But uh, you're right about Pinkney. He makes a lot of them. 
I see on on the thing when you was uh, when you was um, kind of comparing uh, positions, and I see that, that that the linebacker's position between mine and Florida State was was, uh, was even. I'm like, no, that can't be right. Mine has to have the edge on that because Florida State linebackers are not good. At all. Well, we we, we it, couldn't it, it, give Miami the, we couldn't give Miami the edge at every single position. <laughs> it would be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we but, but, we came pretty close to it. You you, you know that Miami linebackers are better than those guys, man. Well, I mean, come right, on but, now. But listen, but we gave Miami the edge at quarterback. I think justifiably so because they have the older kid. Even though you know Malik's not much more experienced, we gave them we gave Miami the edge there. We gave Miami the edge yeah. at running back because of, because of Walton. Uh, we gave the Miami yeah. receivers the edge. It's a, a little bit of a deeper crew, and and you know Richards, uh, you know I I think is is a difference maker. Um, we generously called the tight ends even. Uh, you know I thought we could have given that to Miami if we really wanted to. Um, offensive line, we gave the edge to Miami, even though neither team's absolutely great on the on the offensive line. We gave the defensive line to Miami. Uh, so we gave defensive back to Florida State. So, you know, if we gave the linebackers to Miami too, it would have been kind of ridiculous because we we, we just were giving everything to Miami. So we, we we called that one even. But I think what you're seeing here is this is a royal opportunity for Miami. Uh, you know, Miami has a better football team than Florida State. They just have to go up there and show it. But, but Gary, yeah, you know what? Everybody giving Florida State all these excuses now. Why are they getting excuses when in the last five or six years or so you've been having top five classes? So how, so why do these people get all these excuses from about, oh, they lost their quarterback and this, that, and the other? Man, we, we don't want to hear that. They, they didn't take I'm not sure that that's think. really what's happening. I, I don't think that they're making excuses up there. I think they're saying the same thing. I, I think that a lot Florida State – well, maybe in the media and stuff, but but Florida State people are asking the same question you're asking. Like, we have all these four and five star players. You know, we lost one guy. Like, why why does that have to mean our season? You know, goes in the tank, and and so I think they're looking for more from their team. I, I mean, and they should. I mean, I mean, I mean, gee, you got a top five class for the last what five or six years, and you mean to tell me? I mean, that's on Jimbo if you don't have a quarterback. That's not our fault. Like I said, they don't have no period for us. When we were going through our little probation or whatever else, you know, he was coming in Miami, getting what he wanted, when he wanted it, and beating us at the same time. But now you, as that tide is starting to turn a little bit, and I'm going to tell you, oh, Jimbo knows that tide is going to turn. He sees it. He feels it because I'm going to tell you. Ever since Winston left, Jimbo has lost three games a year, and I've been telling people for the longest. I said, when their savior is gone, they're going back to the same Florida State. They're going to lose a few, few games a year like they've been doing. I said, but one thing about Miami, Miami plug people in, they keep going. We just haven't had the culture. That's been our killing heels for the last, since, two, since 2000, since Bush Davis left. You've had three strikeouts back to back to back. That's been Miami killing heels is the culture. Had Miami had any type of culture, think about it, Gary. In 2004, they, they put Florida State ahead of us in the national championship game. Do you know Miami could have went to the national title four years in a row? Who, who, who's done that? Who's done that, Gary? What, no, other than what Alabama's doing right now, really nobody. Yeah, but Alabama had went, had, they had went four years. They, 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 had, they hadn't made it four years in a row. We could have went four years in a row, but we got screwed out in 2000 when we beat Florida State. I mean, come on. Nobody's done that. Nobody will do that, I don't think. Jimbo is not going to do it. 
I mean, think about it. We we we, we had a chance to beat them with Dabba because Andrew wasn't on the same team. They looked out that year and beat us. So I mean, all these excuses for Florida State. I don't want to hear. I don't feel sorry for Florida State. Because if we've been in top five classes, they'd be saying the same thing about us. You, you know, I, I'm just sick of the, the excuses for Florida State. I want to go up there and kick a mud hole in them. I, that's just how I feel about it. I don't care if they lost their quarterback. They don't care how we, they don't care how we how we ended up. I don't care how they ended up. I mean, it, essentially, Miami lost its quarterback too when Brad Kaya went pro early. So there's not that great of a disparity at the quarterback position. And the, the only difference with Rozier is he's a little bit of an older kid. He's been, he's been at practice for three more years, um, you know, than the, than, than the Florida state kid. So uh, to me, that's the only difference. You got an older kid with a more practice experience, but game experience, it's not that big of a difference. But, but Gary, a lot of these people call in talking about what Miami got to do. Okay. What, what Florida state got to do to beat Miami? Florida state, no, they're, they're not world beaters. I mean, everybody's talking about, oh, Miami got to do this. They got to do that to beat Florida State. Well, Florida State got to play a perfect game to beat Miami, too. Well, I I think when you've lost lost seven straight times, that's how people are going to look at it. But you know what, Gary? They got to get that, that, that. That's the wrong mentality to have. You can't have, you got to have a, you got to have a a positive mentality, not a negative. See, they're still worrying about the old crap. I mean, it depends who you're talking about. Who has to have a positive? I think I think Miami fans have a positive outlook, but if you but if you're talking nah. about the outside the outside world out there, they're looking at the fact that Florida State's beaten Miami seven straight times, and, no, and Miami hasn't them. had a, Miami hasn't been at that level since, for twelve years, and and, no, and I'm, you know. I'm, talking about fans. I'm talking about some of the Kane fans. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about outside. I'm talking about people who call themselves Kane fans. They're talking about what we got to do to have to beat Florida State. What about Florida State? What did that do to beat us? Well, I don't know. I think until you beat them, that there's nothing wrong with looking at it from that standpoint. What? Well, well, one more thing, Gary. Like I told you last time I called in, I like Ma Ricky as a coach, but that's who I'm watching in this game. Now, I know the players got to do their part, but coaches got to do their part. I'm watching. I'm watching Ma Rick to see how he's gonna call this game because he got the serve of it last year in the second half. Which I think I know why, because the Kyrie threw that pick in the end zone that just that took the wins out of our sails, man. I'm like, it was no reason for you to throw that, throw the ball in the stands, take a sack, don't throw that ball in the end zone at the guy like that. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking about, man. That just crushed us. So yeah, but I'm, I'm watching Mark Rick. I'm watching Mark Rick to see what kind of game he's gonna call. Cause he he has to call a good game. He has to. Mark Rick is making $4.1 million a year, the highest-paid UM coach ever. There's no excuses this year, Gary. He has to beat Jimbo with a freshman quarterback. If he don't beat this true, this true freshman quarterback, do you know how, how crazy his boy is going to go? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he understands that, too. You know, I, I don't think he would deny that. You know, I mean, this is the one signature game on the schedule. We were talking about last week the lack of opportunities for signature wins. I mean, this is a this is really it <laughs> um, on the schedule. I don't know that I would put Notre Dame in that category or Virginia Tech. I mean, this is the one moment to in in this season to to stand up and say things are going to be different now. And you know, for Miami to put together a, a, a good game and for Coach Rick to find a way to be a difference and uh, and just have a good day on Saturday. 
I'm watching him. I'm watching him. This 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 is a game where he gets graded at right here. This is going to tell the story because you can go out there and coach against Virginia and Toledo and everybody else, but these are the games that counts right here. Florida State is what counts. Virginia Tech is what counts. These are the games that he has to win. Georgia Tech, those games you must win. This is where you really get looked at really hard here. So, I mean, just like the players got to perform, coaches got to perform. It ain't just the players, it's the coaches too. And that with, with, with um, Malik, the, the, the cornerback, Young, Mike Rump has got to tell him to turn his head, man. You, you got to turn your head and look for the ball. You can't, you can't try to strip the ball out of the receiver's hand once he catches the ball. That's not the way you play cornerback. You got to turn around and look at some point to see where the ball is coming to. I mean, because Gary, if he turns around, he could have had probably about five picks this season. The ball is right there by him. It, it was, when, yeah. When, but, but why do you think? I mean, you sound like you know you know your football. Why do we see so many cornerbacks play play it the other way? And, and we always see cornerbacks with their back to the quarterback. I, I, I don't understand it, girl. I'm like, you, I can't wrap my mind around. I'm like, you you don't have eyes in the back of your head. You got to turn around. You got to look for where the ball is coming to. If you just turn around, Gary, for two seconds, he can have some interceptions. And this season, I read at least three or four of them because the ball is right there. If he just turn around and look, the ball is yep. there. Interception, baby. It's going back the other way. You know. Turnover chain for him. He, he could have had a turnover chain more than anybody. <laughs> if he just turned around and looked for the ball. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Go Kane, man. Hey, we're we going to win this game, Gary. Ain't no if and the but. We win in this game. All right, give us a call next week, and we'll talk about the, the big victory. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, I'm going to take a moment here and talk to you about mybookie.ag a longtime sponsor of Kane Sport Live and uh, football season's in full swing. And I know, you, you know, many of you guys are making your wagers each week. And, uh, you know, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. And I've gotten into that swing this year. And, um, you know, they have the fastest payouts. They take just two business days to get you your money after you win the big games on the weekend. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. There's just so many reasons why you should consider doing your online wagering at mybookie.ag. And uh, you know who's going to win the game. So lay down some cash and win big today at mybookie.ag. They have live betting in-game, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. So join right now and mybookie.ag will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code Kane, C-A-N-E, that they've created for listeners of Kane Sport Live to activate that offer and claim your 100% sign-up bonus. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid at mybookie.ag and use that promo code Kane, C-A-N-E, and they'll give you 100% bonus when you sign up. Thank you, mybookie.ag, for being a sponsor of Kane Sport Live. All right, let's get back to your calls. The number 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the 941, the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Hey, Gary. It's me, the Mikester Kane. Hey, what's up, Mikester? How you doing, bud? Doing good, doing good. Talk to us. What you got? Well, I'm psyched about this game. I hope we beat him, and I hope we beat him good. Uh, how's Mark Walton? Is he okay for this game, uh, 100%? think so. I mean, I don't know about 100%. Are running backs ever 100%? You know, they take more pounding than any, anybody. But uh, when he got hurt last week, I didn't think it really was the ankle. I, I, I think he just took a big hit um, up in the ribcage area and, and got the wind knocked out of him and kind of panicked a little bit. But he, he was walking around fine after the game when I saw him uh, down by the locker room um, after the players dressed. And, and he seemed okay. And he's been practicing this week. And the coaches say he's doing good. So I would expect Mark to be ready to go on Saturday. Oh, good, good, good. And uh, what do you think of the secondary? you think they can hold up against these uh, really talented FSU receivers? Well, I thought they took a big step forward last week. You know, the, I was talking about this earlier in the show. They only gave up eight yards per completion uh, in the game last week after giving up more than 12 yards per completion against Toledo. Uh, and I, I just thought in general – the coverage looked much better. It looked tighter. I thought Dee Delaney took a big step forward. Um, I thought Malik Young had pretty good coverage most of the time. He, he just needed to turn around a little bit better for the ball, and he'd be able to make more plays than he's making. Um, I thought Redwine looked, looked pretty good. So um, I was pretty impressed by what I saw from the secondary last week. I thought they showed as much improvement uh, from the earlier part of the season to last week as any position group on the field. Yeah, the only thing is, I think he's, in my opinion, Malik Young needs to turn his head around when the ball's coming. Yeah, we were just talking about that. He does, no doubt. Yeah, because he's going to get penalized for pass interference. Yeah, he came close a couple times. I'm surprised they didn't they didn't call it in a couple of those plays last week. So. But anyway, yeah, I guess that's all I got for now. I'm going to head on out and uh, go Canes. And I got a couple of friends out there that are going up there to Tallahassee that I work with. And uh, we're looking forward to it. So let's hope we get a good one. All righty, Mike. Thank thank you, as always, for being part of the show. Let's go to the 973. 973, you are live on Cane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary, what's going on? What's going on? This is Ross. Yes, Ross, man. A lot of these guys um, stealing my thunder, but it's fine. Um, we could talk about uh, no, plenty nobody, of things. Nobody um, steals your thunder, man. You always bring it. Uh, no, and, and you, okay. cer- you certainly always yeah. have a long enough list. So even if you had to cross yeah, a few I things do. off that we've covered, I'm sure you got sure. some material left. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. And, um, you know, I, I hear you reeling off. As a matter of fact, great win, great win. Let's just get that out of the way. And, oh, my God, do I want to beat these boys coming up. If, I, if there's a team that could lose twice in a day for me, you know, everything is right in the world when Florida State and Notre Dame lose. So, hey, let's, let's go, Gary. Let's go, Gary. Listen, you named off in the secondary all the guys that played well. One guy you definitely did not mention who had a terrible first half was Jackson. He's back to not tackling again. I don't you know? count him. I don't count him, seriously. I don't. <laughs> He's back. To not yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just think that. Yeah. I wouldn't have high expectations there. I'm. I don't want to disrespect. Yeah, I just want to point that out. I just want to point that out. Yeah, 
he you know he's doing the best he can. He's really honestly just that he's earned playing time. I think to me is a monumental accomplishment that the coaches feel comfortable putting him out there. I know they really need him bad to take some reps because they can't expect Malik Young to go 80, 80 snaps. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but uh, you know he's just he's just challenged. He's not he's not yeah, yeah you know I, I, like much, you said, it was much a, better it, than what you're seeing. It was great that they was able to coach him up and get some confidence and put him out there. It's almost like I hate to say, guys, I don't want to kind of bring it up. It's almost like he earned the black shirt and he. He's finally going to give it back. You know, remember the black jersey or so when we had, yeah. had to earn and practice. Yeah, so it's almost like now he's finally going to give it back. He'll take a seat on the sideline. Okay, um, let's, but let's, I think let's they, right I think they the, know they have to limit Bozier with him. I don't think it's any secret to you know, uh, you know, uh, he's out there. They're hoping that if they can get fifteen, twenty snaps out of him a week, I, I think that's what they're looking for. Yeah, but one of the plays he missed a tackle. Malik had to come off as man. And almost got his head knocked off by the running back. I was I was scared to death for that. But let's stick with Malik here a little bit, Malik Young. Um, everybody talking about him not turning his head around. Not only will he pick up a pass interference, I think what's going on with him is that he doesn't want to turn his head. Once he gets beat, because he gets beat off the, off the line, and he doesn't want to turn his head around because I think that slows down defensive back. They slow down when they start turning their head. Believe it or not, I actually need him to do it. We all need him to do it. But he can't afford to get beat off the line like he's doing, Gary. That's the problem, too. You know, the fact that he's not turning his head, but he's also getting beat right off the line. He's literally getting beat on on snap. Mm-hmm. He is. He's definitely getting beat on snap. Hey, one thing is, um, I know you're saying that we don't have a shot against Patrick Sartain, but let me just say this. Let me just say this. South Florida kid, locally. It's going. It's showing me a lot because LSU is in trouble. So all that going to LSU got guys. They got guys jumping over fence and bailing out and jumping melee melee over the place. Yeah, that's that, that's a good point. If he was thinking of going to go to LSU, that that might not be as appealing anymore. No question about here's it. Here's the thing, though. But what I want to say about this is this: if they somehow out of the woodworks find another school to go to, it tells me right away you didn't want to come to Miami anyway. And that's going to tell a lot well, for me. The, there's never been any indication that he does want to go to Miami. No, because that I mean, thing was I mean, I, that was kind I, of like I, I know he's got he, he's got Miami on the list, but I mean, well, that was kind of was, their excuse. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of their excuse. We're going to LSU, um, so-called cornerback uh, U, pre- uh, following Patrick um, Peterson, blah 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 blah. It looks good. We we need to. One of the Samuels went to free, uh, went to Florida State. So I'm going to LSU. Well, guess what? LSU is not there. It's not going to be there for you anymore. And they won't pick a, a coach before you have to make your decision anyway. They won't, it won't be something that you can feel good about right away unless they give the job to the defensive back coach and he feels comfortable with it. All I'm trying to say is I'm putting this on the daddy and the kid. If you don't come to Miami, you did not want to come to us in the first place. I don't want to hear all the interviews, all the nonsense. I don't want to hear nothing from the daddy no more, okay, because – you don't come to Miami with this LSU nonsense, not going to be good, and they're going to fire that coach or the terrible coach. You did not want to come play locally anyway. I don't want to hear nothing else. And I think a lot of our, our fans feel the same way. I'm a diehard Kane fan. I don't play around with this at all. I don't want to hear none of the fat or the foolishness, or all this. You did not want to come. I don't want to hear nothing else. No, nah, I mean Ross. There's never been any. There's never been any indication at all that he does want to come. And that's because they so. had the LSU to lean on. They had that 
to fall back that we're going to go to he, you. He, he's got back. a lot of people to lean on. That that kid can go anywhere he wants. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm just saying uh, uh, we need to keep our guys home. And here, now you can go to him and say, okay, LSU is not going to be there, but you coming. Or you're going to come and stay home and, and come and come play for us. And if he says no, brother, you ain't, I, don't even invite him to another game. His props can't come to another game. Well, I mean, he, I don't know that he, he hasn't said no that we know of, but, you know, all the other DBs in town are constantly on campus. Um, you know, a lot of them are already committed, but they're they're constantly visiting down there. And, um, you know, even Tyson goes down there on a relatively regular basis. And, um, you know, I can't say the same about Sertain. He's I'll never just, shown I any. I just want people to pay attention to that. I yeah. just want people to pay yeah. If he doesn't come. I don't want to hear no nonsense from the daddy. I'm big on stuff like that. Hey, all right. Another, I don't think you. Thing, I don't think you will. Go ahead. Next. Next case. Another thing too. Yeah, you mentioned that Hall, our other defensive back, might not come. Now let me ask you this: If he don't come, would you consider now our defensive back class to be a fail? I don't want to use the word failure, a big disappointment. Because two years ago, a year ago, we said if we could get four or five of the guys. Five, six of these guys in the defensive back because it was loaded. Now you're talking about him might not come because we already know we might lose Joe. And if we lose Hall, we'll, where would you grade that the D back class in that once once everything is is, is crossed and, and and dotted? Well, the two best guys to me are Job and Hall, and that that's why you're sitting here worried about losing them because everybody wants them. And and yeah. uh, you know, let's face it, Alabama is a legit you know, contender for a DB like Josh Job, And uh, same thing with Gervin Hall. I think Bama's trying to get in on, you know, with him and, 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 and stay in there and, and Louisville. And, you know, I'd be stunned if they, if they lose in the Louisville, but you know, the, the point is these are elite type of kids that a lot of schools around the country are trying to recruit and are recruiting. And uh, so that's why, they're one in one a of the guys that are committed in the class that you might be more concerned about. So what does the DB class become? If they, if, if either or both aren't in it, naturally it gets a lot weaker and becomes a lot more average. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not and convinced that would, on, that would be on Al Blades. And that would, you know, Al, Al Blades yeah. isn't, even, isn't even getting a lot of burn at St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm, you know, I, I'm not sure. And, if that his name doesn't was mean, and that doesn't, I thought he was going to be a registered candidate when he come on campus anyway. And that doesn't yeah, mean he he's probably not going be. to develop down the road. And that doesn't and, mean and he's he not might, going to yeah. develop down and, the road. And I know the Miami coaches obviously feel he will, or they wouldn't be taking him just because his name's Al Blades. But, exactly. um, you know, I, a DJ Ivy, we'll see. He's a bigger corner. Um, not sure how fast he might is. Might end up being uh, a safety. Might be in a safety down the road. Yeah. Might be a safety. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think he'll be a corner. But, uh, you know, Frierson, you know, is a good player. Uh, we'll see how good once he gets here. But uh, if you lose one or either or both of those, kids and Job and Hall, and you're asking me what the grade would be, I mean, it obviously would be a weakened grade. You know, Miami needs to get front-line DB. C-. Minus. C-. I minus. don't know about C. I wouldn't say C-, minus, but maybe B-. Minus. You just said the two – well, you just said the two best players now being there. You can't yeah, find a both, position for um, – I mean, if if, if, if if both of those kids are in the class, then I think you got to give it an A. Yeah, um, especially if you but, also get Especially if you also get Tyson Campbell. So yeah, you know no, we'll we'll see. They got to they got to come out of it with a couple starters at DB. There's no doubt about okay. it. That's that's exactly that's what we're getting at. Just uh, want to give um I got a couple more Gary. You know me. Um, just want to give a, a good shout out to um 58 Owens man. He looked like he got his legs back. He was he was he shot the play a couple of times. 
made some really good tackle as a team. Yes, he did. He tackled way better. He really showed up on tape on, on, on a couple of plays, and it was refreshing to see that, you know, really refreshing to see him um, show up on tape and make some plays there. Uh, really, really happy for him, you know. Um, one of the things I want to touch on, though, I love the, t- the turnover chain. But one thing Jimbo and his coaching staff is going to do, they're going to talk to the reps, and they're going to say, if they take their helmet off before they get on that sideline, I want you to throw the flag. We got to be very, very careful with that. We're, we're more and more, we're, we're hazardous. Jokers are taking off their helmets before they get into the sideline, and Jimbo will look for anything in this game, anything to get an edge. So we need to be careful with that. I love the change, but we got to be very, very careful not picking up a penalty that I held me off before we could get to that chain, too. You know? All right. You agree? Yep. I'm just saying. I mean, it's something we got to be careful with everything in this game. Also, yeah, you don't want to get you don't want to give away cheap yards, no doubt. Yeah. Also, it's kind of nitpicking, but I'm a nitpicker when it comes to certain things because I want to see certain strategies. I want to see execution in certain things. On that third and 19 play, we was up 14-3. We just, quarterback just got sacked. Now it's third and 19. The play call, to me, if it was going to be a throw, he threw a bubble pass that nobody was blocking to Thomas that he, he slipped and fell. But my question, hold up, Gary, my question was this, though. Why not just throw it? You're going to punt it anyway. Why not just throw it down the field so you can take a defensive pass in interference? Why would you throw a bubble pass? Just run the ball then. Because not only you you, you you get an automatic, he, 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 he fell on it, uh, he just fell, you get nothing out of it. Throw it down the field, see if you can pick up something, pass in the fence, and we may be able to keep the possession. I think that was just a waste of play. And why is it that we don't run no motion? No motion. Gary, I watch the games. I go back, I go back, and I go back. We have no motion in our offense. No, no tight end coming going wide and then replacing. We don't replace our tight ends nowhere on the, on, on, on the line of scrimmage. We don't run nobody in the backfield in motion, no misdirection. I'm just I'm, – I'm a little curious of why we don't have any motion and we don't go to our tight end. I don't think the tight end was throwing the ball at any time in the Duke. Well, not, not last week, but, the, but tight ends get plenty of catches in this offense. But legitimate questions, Ross. I mean, I don't, I don't have an answer for – you know, other than on third and nineteen, maybe they were looking for something conservative, didn't want to risk a turnover but and a why? momentum change. But why? I don't know. It. If you want to be conservative, I mean, it, I, I mean let me put it this way: I don't, I don't think on third and nineteen, your percentages are very high of converting. Um, I, I, I don't think. It. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I, I guess you know, a lot of coaches like to look for something safe in that situation. Just punt. I know Mark. Sideline, Mark Rick is not he afraid to the- punt the ball. He, here, let me, I can tell you that, you know, he, he, he has stated this on many occasions. So, sometimes it's okay to, you know, he doesn't want his quarterbacks turning the ball over. He doesn't want momentum swings. Um, he's okay with punting. Uh, and um, well, Gary, you know, me... I think, you know, I think that's what comes into play there. Now, the other questions about motion and, and, and things like that, uh, you're right. There's not a lot of that in this offense. Uh, why? I don't know. Yeah, but here's my thing, though. Just, just to jump back to that pass play, and not, not going to spend a lot of time on it, I just want to make a point. If you're saying he has no problem with putting, well, he was in a shotgun. Take the, take the snap, give the runner back the ball, he gets stopped on the line of scrimmage, or he picks up a couple of yards, the clock is running, 
You go out there, you punt the ball. Large, if the kid could punt the ball to the, at the 10-yard line, what I'm saying is you, you still threw the ball to the sideline. What if it hits off his shoulder pad, if, if, if I know, and the two DBs that was out there could have intercepted that ball? I'm just saying you're saying he wants to be conservative, but that's not a conservative play. Yeah, maybe he wants to give Jeff Thomas a chance to do something when he doesn't really, really need it. You know, I mean, I, we don't know. There's a million things that could have been going through his head. Yeah, I'm just, you know, we, I just, we, I'm just not. Um, and and another thing too, Gary. Here, here we go. Can we not have the early timeouts in the Florida State game? Those are going to be critical. Oh, I, I know Mark Rick wasn't happy about him, but it, but you know what? It still it was called, and I don't understand it. Yeah. I know he wasn't happy, but whatever is going on for us to call, make a call a timeout. Wait a minute, did we, did we not make a, a, a timeout call like in the first, what was it, the first minute? Yeah, no, I, I, in, a, in a big ball game that's a tight game, those, that can make a difference. Yeah, I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm wondering what's, what's the last couple of years, what's going on and why were you calling timeout right at the beginning of the game? It, it, to me, and I know people is listening and it's like, does he sound like he's Kentucky? No, I want to win this game. I want to win the Virginia Tech game, Georgia Tech. I want to dominate. But my thing is, we can't have these little small errors. We can't, cannot have it, Gary. So, that you know, I, I got a couple more, but I'm not going to take up your time. Um, I'm not going to make a prediction, but I, I want to win at least by two touchdowns. And um, I, I want the game we played up there. I want to go up there and beat them. Um, I, yeah, Jeff um, Thomas. Defensive lineman, he looks good in the inside. And if we could exploit their their offensive line in the middle a little bit, I'll take that. I'll take that. So if they find a way to do that, please do it. And you're right. Let's not sleep on Jimbo because he'll, he'll make some passes over the top on Young if he doesn't turn his head around. So, you know, they, he'll go to his tight end. We got we to gotta be ready to play, Gary. But, um, a lot of those things, I'm just very passionate about Patrick Sertain. Uh, I'm a diehard, and I think if you disrespect my team by playing around with it, it don't, it don't, it don't sit well with me. Go Kane. I can't wait to hear the rest of the guys come on and be as passionate. And you know me, guy. Let's go. We, 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 All right, Ross. Keep me on hold. Keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you, as always, for being part of the show, and uh, give us a call next week. Let's go out to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, TG Player 12 here. Um, first What's question, up, it's really building off of what Ross is saying. Well, what's, what's going on is I'm a battered woman, seven losses, seven years. Uh, you know, my mind says we should win, but my heart tells me we're never going to beat these guys ever again. <laughs> so. No, that's, that, that was a bad dream that you had. That was a nightmare. <laughs> we're never going to beat Florida I mean, it's the, ever again. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it feels. I, I live in the Atlanta area. Best man at my wedding went to Florida State. I'm tired of this. Um, but speaking on what Ross was saying, do these guys understand that passion will not win this game alone? Last couple of games, I feel like we've lost. We've had the passion, the intensity. We had good practices. We were up for the game. We didn't come out flat. But where I think we lost was our depth and maybe some scheme uh, and maybe a little bit of preparation. Do you think the team feels and knows now, coaches and players, that passion isn't going to win this game alone anymore? 
Yeah, I think they do. I, I, I you know, I, I don't think you have to worry about overconfidence. I, w- I would hope not. You know, after all these losses to Florida State, but you know, I, I think Florida State's just had a better team. Also, you know, I, I mean, I think Miami has come to compete. I think they've played very hard in these games. Uh, but Florida State just had a little bit of a better team. And, you know, whether it was Dalvin Cook making a difference or Jameis Winston making a difference, um, you know, those are two special players who uh, certainly have the capability to do that. But, you know, I think Florida State has, over the last 10 years, recruited better than Miami, had deeper rosters, better rosters, and that's why they won those games. I, I, I think the fact that we're sitting here, tonight and and this week and that we can look at this game and start comparing position versus position and Miami has the edge in almost every single one and and if we even call one even um you you got guys that can make an argument that we should have given the nod to Miami um I think that shows you the progress that the program's making and uh you know there's a couple spots where Florida State's atypically weak right now like certainly on the offensive line but uh you know, for the most part, this is still a program that's recruited four and five stars in the last four or five years that are on this roster. So uh, I want to real talk on DeAndre Francois for a second, just because we're going to be playing him for another two years. Florida State's percent chances, let's say I'm giving them, they have a 50% chance of winning because it's a rivalry game. It tends to be a, a leveler, an equalizer of talent. Uh, it's at their home. Let's say I gave Florida State a 50% chance of winning with Blackman. What do you jump that up to with Francois under center for them? You know, probably 60. You know, I think that their okay. chances would obviously be better. They, you know, they could, they'd be running a full offense if Francois was the quarterback. They're not going to be running a full offense on Saturday. Yeah, what, what are some key parts of that offense you think that we're not going to see? you think it's going to be kind of motions, audible sort of stuff, or do you think it's going to be specific yeah, types I, of plays? Without question, audibles. You know, I think you're going to see – I mean, I, I'm i not sure. I've watched a couple of their games. I can't remember seeing that kid audible. He might have. But, um, you know, I think that audibles for sure are dialed way back in a situation like this. Um, you know, I, I think that though, for the most part, when you have a true freshman quarterback with no experience, you're, you know, you're running a lot of very basic offense, keeping it simple for him. And you've got, like I said, a half dozen to ten plays a week that you put into the game plan that week that you drill over and over and over again on the practice field to where you feel comfortable that the kid can run them. Um, maybe in a normal game plan, maybe you'd have double that, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what, you know, Jimbo would typically do or how many plays he would typically have in his game plan. But uh, there's no question when you have a situation like this, you got to dial it way back. Miami doesn't have to do that. So last year, and speaking to that, this guy last year, uh, remember last year, I mean, we just lived in their offensive backfield. Same defensive line, basically against more or less the same offensive line, if maybe even a worse offensive line for them. We lived in their backfield. A couple of times we maybe came down on Francois when we weren't supposed to. I remember Kendrick Norton kind of tackled DeAndre Francois in one play for like 10 yards and didn't get called for it, which was nice to see. We sent Francois to that you know, varsity blues shoot him up tent for like you know, three times after plays. He kept coming back. I don't know if this amazing. Blackman kid comes back from that type of punishment. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Dis- I don't disagree. I mean, the, the pounding that the quarterbacks took in that game last year. I mean, I, I think Brad Kaya decided he was going to go pro after the Florida State game last year. To be honest with you, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Fran- Francois kept coming back and back and back and 
Um, if Miami can get pressure like that this year, which, you know, they probably have a chance to do, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think it's going to be very tough for that kid to handle. All right. So last question, then I'll, then I'll jump off. So um, when uh, I remember Urban Meyer at University of Florida, when he had Tim Tebow, he had a great college quarterback. He had a so-so offensive line that he put into a spread formation and he pulled those guys on every play and let his athletic quarterback make plays and let his phenomenal skill players make plays. His offensive line was subpar and he masked it by moving everybody, you know, running those offensive linemen to the side every time and then, you know, blocking up field. Do you think we moved to do something like that in a true spread formation with what I think is really a subpar offensive line? I mean, God, they used to run out of that formation. I mean, that was their running plays went the same ways as their passing plays. Uh, now, we don't have Tim Tebow, and I'm happy for it, selfishly. But at the same time, do you think we start to do that? Because on these great defenses, I just don't see us pounding the rock down the middle with any success. Uh, I don't see them doing anything much differently than what they are doing. You know, I, I think they have the offense. I think Mark Rick likes the running plays that he has. And, you know, I don't, I don't see them deviating very much from that. They haven't done it to this point in the but, year, year and a quarter. At the same time, I mean, then what do you think? He likes his plays, okay. But it's, it's I mean, they, they've been running playing, the ball right? okay. I mean, it hasn't been too bad. Well, I mean, look, look versus Bethune-Cookman and Toledo, I mean, look, we, it was like uh, I could have run for, you know, 200 yards a game. It felt like uh, Mark Walden was just tearing it up, so it was Homer. I mean, Duke, I thought last uh, I thought last week against Duke in the middle of the game that the offensive line struggled a lot. I I would agree with you on that. You know, and and, and yeah. Walton didn't have the great stats in that game, but I don't see Mark Rick right. changing a lot. What you know, what he does in the running game. You got to remember, it's okay. what he's doing is is proven at Georgia. It's it was proven here last year. Uh, he, you know, he knows that the running plays that he has in his arsenal are good plays. Well, I'd like to see those good plays get for more yards per carry because I do think we have, granted, not a lot of depth, but I do think we have very good running backs, um, which, you know, you have, you have great wide receivers. I think you have a very good tight end in Chris Herndon. I think you have no depth behind him, but you have a very good tight end in Chris Herndon. Uh, I think you have a good quarterback. I think it's it's time to, you know, if you have a good running running game, you can be really truly an unstoppable offense because you can't key in on one thing versus the other. And right now, it looks like a very good defense is going to be able to stop our run. And so it's going to be really keying in on sacking the quarterback with uh, Rozier and uh, just playing as much coverage as you can because they know that we're going to have to pass. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think every week the matchups are different. And coordinators are different. I, you know, I thought the Duke defensive coordinator was, was did a really good job in the second and third quarter with his calls. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I felt like they were doing some things up front that were making it tough on Miami's offensive line, a lot of stunts, things like that. And, uh, I think every week brings a new set of circumstances and matchups. So we'll see, you know, we'll see. Definitely. I'm excited to see us. Uh, someone, someone said earlier, play four quarters of football. Thanks a lot, Gary. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go out to the, uh, two Oh five. You were live on Kane sport live. Up, Mr. Slaughter, how are you, sir? Good, man. It was good seeing you again this past weekend. Yeah, it was great seeing you up there. Yeah, man. Um, just had a couple of 
couple of things. I know a lot of people keep um, asking about, um, you know, Malik not looking back for the ball. It's You know, DBs are taught, um, you know, when they're trailing a, a receiver not to look back because you can lose sight of the receiver and, you know, they can, you know, they can, you know, go big for a touchdown. They only talk to look and they only talk to look and lean is when they're, uh, you know, when they got hands on the DB when they, you know, bodied up. That's when they're taught to look and lean. That's the technique. That's what it's called. And the reason why you see him going for the ball because he's trailing. So when you're trailing, you go for the ball when you see that you know the pass is coming to the DB hand. So you're, you're taught to swipe at the ball to dislodge it. So, so he's been taught not to look, you know, look back when he's trailing. So the guy had kind of touched on it before because he's getting beat off the line. So that's a lot of reason why he's not looking back because he'll lose the defender. So you don't want him to look back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you want him to just make. You just want him to stop. You want him to stop getting beat off the line of scrimmage, is what you're saying. Exactly. That's what you want him to stop doing. You want him to have good hips and not get beat off the line and stop reaching. That's what's yeah. happening. He's overcommitting at the line of scrimmage. That's why he's getting beat. Right. So you don't want him to look when he's trailing because he's going to lose tight and he's going to go for 60 yards. Um, but other than that, you know, just want to kind of touch on that because I know my DB coach, he, he teaches that all the time to, to the players. But if, you get beat, that, if, you, um, if you get beat off the line of scrimmage and you're trailing, don't turn, play the ball off the hands. Exactly. Okay, but okay. when you when say if you got speed to you know you you got a body on the on the on the on the receiver you it's called a look and lean technique so you're looking back at the ball and you're kind of leaning using the sideline as your as your as your friend pretty much so you yeah. you talk to look and when you see the receiver eyes get big or you see his hands go up that's when you look back and you look for the ball that's why that's that's what the, that's 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 what the techniques of the DBs are taught um, so that's kind of you know that's that's. Just kind of a little spill on that, and that comes from Saban too. My best friend played at Bama uh, on on the 2019, so he kind of teaches that. <laughs> so that's something. Okay. Saban. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, man, um, I think Rozier is he he is he is the best thing that happened to this program in a, in a while. Not to kind of boost him up, just far as the he has a certain presence about him, if that makes sense. You just—he doesn't seem to be too worried. He has the calmness of a, of a, a veteran guy. That we need, that we've needed for this for this team. You know, like I said, I was a big Kaya guy, but I just don't think the players rattled around Kaya for some reason. And, you know, he's not the he's not the face of the franchise like like Mark, like like Kaya was, and I think that's a role that that's great for him because he he solidly does his job, and he doesn't get a big head. He stays humble. Um, also, I think um, the defense is playing lights out, man. And y'all criticizing Chad Thomas just a little bit too much for me. I think the guy's holding his own. He's setting the edge. He's been disruptive. You know, he may not, you know, I don't see, I think he's playing pretty good this year, honestly. You know, me, you know, because I, you know, he's a, he's a one person I always watch because he's, you know, he was that five-star kid. I think, you know, he, he had a pretty good game against Duke. He was pretty dominant, honestly. Um, he set the edge a lot. He turned a lot. You know, he did his job. He turned the play inside. You know, sometimes you got to think they they scheme to certain types of players. They may be scheming to Chad Thomas to 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 take him out the game. You know, um, because Jackson is not a good run stopper. So, of course, they're not going to run at him. I mean, they, they're going to run away from Chad, and they're gonna they're gonna pretty much boot away from Joe Jackson because he's a better pass rusher. So a lot of guys, y'all got to take that into consideration as well. Um, and 
My boy Michael Jackson, he had a good game. He, you know, he dislodged the pass that t- caused the turnover. I mean, he's not getting beat like a lot of guys are saying. He's playing. He played a lot better. He's been playing a lot better than D. Delaney. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't know about, I don't know that he did last week. I don't know that that's. I don't know if I agree with you on that one, Slaughter. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, uh, you know, I thought D. Delaney played pretty well last week. Yeah, he did. Don't get me wrong. D. Delaney, he did a damn good job. You know, but, you know, I just want to, you know, I I just think Mike had, I think he had a solid game. He didn't get beat. I mean, he may miss the tackle or two, but that's football. Everybody missed a tackle. Even Ray Lewis got missed a tackle. So, you know, missing a couple of tackles here and there, you know, that doesn't mean you had a bad game. Um, but other than that, man, I just want to kind of wanted to touch on that as far as with the DB thing. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions about that, man. And, and of course, I, I got to do my prediction. I think the game will be 27-17, something like that. I think it'll be a 10-point game. We're going we're gonna to scope take – we're going to take a 10-point lead early in the fourth quarter, and defense is going to save the game. I think the, I think the, the youth is going to show later in the crunch time, you know, for the FSU quarterback, and I think he'll throw a pick or fumble or something, like a strip sack or something. So, but that's my well, I think everybody there. would take that. I think everybody <laughs> yeah. would ha- happily take a 10-point victory. Yeah, so I think I'm going to get my first UM home game this year. I think I'm going to come to the VTech game or the um, um, or the Notre Dame game this year. So, hopefully, Are you coming down the tally? You're going to be in Tallahassee? Um, no. I gotta work, no? man. I'm actually working when the game. I'm I'm gonna be at work when the game is on. I'm pissed about that, so I'm gonna have to watch it on my phone. All right, so, but, but we'll, yeah. we'll catch up but, with you uh, down the road. It's good, good seeing you up at Duke, and uh, let's hear one more uh, Ibis call before you go. Hey, um, it was good seeing you too, Kane Kane. That, that was that man's funny. That's a funny guy right there. Yes, he is. All right, Slaughter. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Yes, Thanks sir. for being part of the show, as always. All right, guys, 563-999-3633 is the number, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Uh, you uh, Florida State fans that are trying to call in on phantom phone numbers tonight, I see you. You're not coming on. Um, we're not falling for that trap here. So, uh, you know, sorry about that. And uh, right now, let's go out to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Much better. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This is Joe from Fort Myers. How are you? Yep. What, yeah, what's up, Joe? Welcome back. So what do you got for us tonight? Well, I got a couple of things, man. First of all, a little concern about our offensive line, Donaldson. You know, you made a reference about freshmen. Somebody called about Mike Harley. And you talked about freshmen getting their groove and so forth. That's a perfect point. This is a beast in Donaldson, and he got exposed a little bit with Duke. Um, so, you know, the offensive line as far as the protectability for Rozier, big concern because Tallahassee does have some mad talent. You can say what they are. They're, you know, they're, they're uh, one and two, but they have talent. So the offensive line is a concern. And, you know, you guys – we made reference to the uh, turnover chain and you made reference that you feel that this is a, a, a turnaround. You feel something different about this particular year and this, this team and the togetherness. It feels like the young coaches, you know, Mark Rick put these, you know, young kids, you got Banda, you got um, uh, Harley, 
and everybody seems like to be believing, and there's just a different culture uh, about this with, you know, it seems to be close-knit and, 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 a, and a different, uh, just a, a crazy feel. Yeah, there's a great culture, great culture, great chemistry, um, not just players to players. I think there's great chemistry, coaches to players. Uh, I really honestly don't see very – I don't see any negatives, to be honest with you. When it's I kind of special, the, though. It, it, it's a different it, feel that we haven't felt in a long time. You know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of what you would call turds on the team. You know, they they've weeded out the the the, the kids that you that that could be problems in the locker room and stuff, and um, or you know could be getting in a lot of trouble. I mean, you know, you you still have your occasional suspension. You know, you know, just last week with Darius. Yeah, I mean, a, you know, kids will do little things. They'll they'll you know you'll you'll still have a failed drug test here or there or something. But I mean, for the for the most part, uh, the, these kids they don't get in trouble. They do the right things. They're they they get along very well with each other. They, they, they get along well with their coaches. There's a lot of res- mutual respect. They're recruiting very Focus. well. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're, there's a. It's just right now everything in this program is is a positive. I do, I really. It's Honestly, it's kind of I don't a crazy see, feel. It's, it's a crazy I don't see any negative. That, that's a lot. Well, yeah, it's crazy because we're not used to it. <laughs> you know, we haven't seen this it's in been a long, long time, time right? Yeah. I just, I don't see, you know, negatives. I really don't. They just have Good. to win. They and have to, you know, they, yeah. Well, he I'm played sorry, much better than Delaney past week. redeemed himself. Yeah, I thought so. You know, it, it looked to me, like I said earlier in the show, that he settled down a little bit. You know, I thought he was very uptight the first few weeks, and I understand why. It's it's understandable. I mean, you know, this kid wasn't a hurricane. This, this kid was at the Citadel, and he found out about the opportunity to come play DB for Miami. Miami was starving for defensive backs. Um, he wanted to improve his, his NFL draft stock, and this was a great opportunity for him to come do it. Well, now it's September 2017, baby, and, you know, it, it, it's go time. It, it's show time, and, and you got the NFL scouts to come to every game because they're there. You see them. You see them on the sidelines. You see them up in the press box. Uh, there's always a whole lineup of NFL scouts that are there watching, and he's one of the guys they're watching, and he knows it, and he wants to be watched. And I thought he was just pressing too much, you know, and, and it looked to me up, up at Duke like he had just relaxed, like he took a deep breath. And he just settled down, and he played solid football. And hopefully he'll build on that. He played solid football. He was consistent throughout the whole game. And he didn't let the other games bring him down. A lot of kids, and that shows his maturity, would have held his head down and boo humbug, you know, poor me. But, no, he he bounced back, and uh, he showed his true colors. You know, and I was one of the guys that mentioned about beating him with, you know, not like a dead horse. So I feel, I feel bad about those comments last week, but he gained mad respect, and he's a baller, and um, I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, you don't and hear well, anybody you – know, you, know, you, don't, you don't hear anybody criticizing him this week. You know, not and, at all. And, not and, at all. And that's the way it should be, man. You have to earn respect. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having to earn respect, whether it's a football player earning it from a fan base or the general public or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, he played a lot better last week, and, and the – the past defense as a whole was much better, and he earned your respect. He absolutely did, absolutely. And just like you've earned my respect, I do have to, you know, disagree with you on one comment that you made uh, versus Blackman and Rosier. There's a couple more differences besides Rosier having a couple of years on these years, but you know, Rosier battled for that starting job. He wanted talking to your phone. Your, your voice is coming through muffled. Talk talking to your phone. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, 
Blackman versus Rozier, when you were saying that, you know, the only difference is, is Rozier's experience, Blackman got thrown in to the, you know, the game against Alabama, crazy mad defense, versus Rozier who, you know, worked and, and, and wanted a job and competed for the job. So Blackman is a very capable quarterback. Granted, he's young, but uh, I think the biggest challenge to FSU versus Miami this coming week, and I'm going to the game, and I have mad plans. I got hotel reservations. I'm going with my daughter, so hopefully they'll cancel it due, due to um, Nate coming down uh, the Gulf. But, you know, he is very capable. And, and FSU has, you know, talent. They really do. Their offensive line, you know, is, is suspect. Our defensive line at times are, is suspect. You know, you guys mentioned about Chad Thomas. I believe that Chad Thomas was more effective when he was playing in, in that, that uh, you know, the middle, the middle of the defense versus being on the end. He got a sack and he got a couple of rushes as well. So Chad, Chad's been holding his own and he's been balling as well. So, you know, the offense versus the defense for on our side of the field is going to be, is going to be challenging because, you know, it's going to be very difficult for us to keep Rozier clean and, and, and off the ground. So, and lastly for you, I do have a question for you. Out of these freshmen, you know, the first three games out of the year, which one has been your, your surprise and your disappointment from our uh, freshman class this year? And I appreciate uh, you answering the call and uh, put me on hold. Um, I wouldn't say surprise. I mean, I think you got to look at, at Garvin, how well he's played. Um, you know, he, he certainly has stood out in the, in the freshman class. I, I think you, you know, just going, going through it. I, I think just the fact that um, Harley is getting as much playing time as they're giving him, I think is a tribute to him. I don't know that, that we would have That's predicted that he, that he would be out there as much as he's out there. You know, I don't necessarily think that the way they're using him is going to hold up over time. I don't really like Harley a lot as an outside receiver. Um, I, I, I think that that's kind Forest of been exposed flat. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they, they tried to get the ball to him, but not very effectively. I, you know, I, I think, you know, and, and I, I catch a lot of flack for my affinity for bigger receivers, but there's just a difference throwing to Amon Richards or Lawrence Cager, um, as opposed to Harley. Now, you know, you might say Berrios is a smaller receiver and he is, but, he's such a seasoned route runner and he's become, as he's gotten older, so proficient at getting open that, you know, his ability to get open, I think overcomes his lack of size. Harley is not proficient at getting open yet. So I think that's kind right, of what you're speaking No, no, not even close. And I, and I think, you know, you're seeing that exposed a little bit, but as far as other freshmen who are, who are standing out, I mean, Amari Carter's had a few moments, but, you know, he, he's not ready to play yet. I think Trajan Bandy, it, it, it was right there with Garvin, uh, you know, in, in terms of the, the true freshman uh, standing out. And um, obviously, Navon Donaldson, that goes without saying. But other than yes, that, yes, he's a you know, of the bunch. I, I think it's about what you would expect. I mean, I, in, the, in the one opportunity he got to touch the ball last week, I thought DJ Dallas, you know, looked kind of interesting with the ball in his hands. I like to see them give him a few more opportunities. 
But you know, you're, now this would is that a, be your disappointment as far as not no, getting opportunities, not necessarily on the field? No, not at all. Demise, my, but opportunities? No, not not at all. My only disappointment would be if that's going to be his role this year, and this is going to be the extent. Then I I maybe would have tried the red shirt him. That's all. Um, you know, right. I don't feel he's I don't feel he's making enough of a contribution just on special teams to to um, justify. Um, burn in a red shirt year, but that's just me. I like red shirting. I, I, you know, I believe in in building building a roster by strategic red shirting. And uh, but uh, in, in fairness, a lot of coaches today will tell you if a kid's any good, he's not staying more than three years anyway. So you might as well play him. So you know, I don't know if DJ well, well, falls in that category I, I think or not. In general, but, the kids. I'm sorry. Now nowadays, I think kids in general with that quick turnaround time. You know, and then that's what I'm concerned about with DJ Dallas. You know, you know, will I ever see the field type type of thing? Because you know, we had him at defensive back, we had him at wide receiver, and then you know, then running back. So, no, that's not really true. So that's not true. That's that's not true at all. He's pretty much been a receiver really? since day one. I mean, he okay. he got a couple of reps at running back. If they got into an emergency there um, and had a couple injuries, I think they would put him at running back, uh, you know, uh, uh, on an emergency basis. But for the most part, they've let him settle in at receiver. He just has not um, surpassed the other guys. And, um, you know, like I said, my feeling would have been, all right, so redshirt him and, and save his year of eligibility. But at the same time, they got a lot of receivers coming into the program next year too. So I guess, you know, they, they like to have that class separation. So, you know, I don't know. The, the one thing that I did want to comment on that you mentioned earlier when you were talking about comparing Blackman and Rozier that I think that yeah. maybe you misunderstood what I was saying. And um, what, 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 I, what I was giving credit to was three years of practice and preparing for games that Malik Rozier has that that Blackman does not. And and I think that's a big deal. You know, even though Malik didn't play when he was backing up Kaya, he still practiced to play and he still prepared in quarterback meetings with game plans as if he was going to play. He just didn't ever get to go on the field on Saturday and do it uh, other than the one game at Duke. But uh, so I think that. Right. And and I'm sure that our scout team is much better than most high school teams out there. Yeah. But I think just the exercise of going through all that it gives him an edge over a kid that's a true freshman. All right, all right. No, absolutely. Hands down. Absolutely, hands down. All right, and so your biggest disappointment as far as uh, the, the, the freshman class, as far as not seeing on the field or, or you know, something other as far as physicality, you know, and adjusting to the uh, NCAA game? Um, I would say maybe Brian Palendi. Uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, I would have liked to see him make a little bit more of a contribution considering the lack of depth um, at tight end. Um, Amari Carter, I'd like to see him further along, I think, at this point. If I was going to, you know, if you're asking me, and, you know, without question, Javante Dean, who's a guy that he's not a freshman. Well, Dean did pretty well, though, I think. Yeah, those couple plays they gave him, he was fine. But, you know, that's a guy that, that I think coming in was counted on, being counted on the start, and it didn't materialize that way. Um you know, so, you know, right now, but, you know, you're only a few games into the season, so let's see how things go from here. Absolutely, man, absolutely. And so, you, you, as far as your prediction, you said 11 points or 10 points. What, what's your prediction for this weekend? What, what, what's your guess? Yeah, I mean, if I, had to, if I had to make one, I, I, I just think Miami's a better team than Florida State this year. Um, Florida State's got the game at home if things, you know, stay the way they are. Um, but I think Miami is, is, is a better um, – Miami's a better team. All right, so so plus ten, 
How much? How much do they score on us? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, I think like a twenty-seven seventeen is a good prediction. There you go. Again, right, that's what I want. I want numbers. Twenty-seven seventeen hurts. I actually think it's going to be. It's going to be. Don't go lose all your money. Really some, do. Don't go lose all your money now because of me. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Just, no, I give you know, it to the ex-wife just... every month, so it's all good. Uh, yeah, I got you. All right, Joe. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate it. You, take I'm, care. Yeah, I'm glad you, glad you got the phone straightened out and we're able to come on. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, are you going to go to the game? Are you going to be there? I'll be there, yep. All right, well, I'll, I'll holler at you. Are you going to be at the sidelines? I'll side? be on the sideline. Yeah, I'll be on the sideline uh, before the game during, you know, for like an hour, you know, from, from about the 90-minute mark down to like, you know, when they finish pregame. All right, so we'll holler, man. Right. Hopefully, I get to meet you. You got it, man. Yeah, I get to. I I I, I, I love going on the road games. That's when I get to meet a lot of the guys on the site. You know, home games, everybody's tailgating, spread out all over the place. Every now and then, you'll run into some guys, but on the road, we, we tend to, you know, get to meet a lot of you guys. So I always enjoy it. Well, that's awesome. We enjoy it as well, man. Hopefully, I get to do so uh, this weekend. All right, Joe. We'll see you up there and talk all to right. you next week. All right. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Got a little bit more than a half hour of show left tonight. So um, if you want to get on, now's the time to jump into the queue, hit the number one on your keypad. Let's go to the 706. You're now on Kane Sport Live. How are you tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Sebastian. I thought I wasn't going to get in, man. I'm just so We got you, man. You're in. (laughs) Hey, it's Florida Florida State Week. Busy week. It's Florida State Week. It, it, it's, it's Florida State week and it's big. I missed most of the show because I forgot that uh, you flipped it to Wednesday. I was I remembered early in the week and I was like, oh shucks, I didn't miss the show. But um, so I missed a lot of it. I just have to listen back to it. Just want to get to a couple things. I really thought the kids really really played well in Duke. I think you probably kind of talked about that. And um, it's not so much that they played well. It's just a, a sense and a feeling that we've been talking, me and you've been talking about for a while, that one thing this coaching staff has showed us is that they know how to coach. Um, they know how to coach. And what I mean by that is we don't have – our roster's not loaded with four and five stars like Florida State. But imagine when we get there, you know, the coaching staff has demonstrated that they know how to coach. And some kids are playing now um, – they have played played a little too early because we because we had to go through the probation stuff. We didn't have the depth. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Imagine if a kid like Joe Jackson would have red shirt. Imagine if a kid like Garvin would have red shirt. You know, but we had a lot more uh, see not seasons leadership on the team, but you know, just more a much older roster. Do you understand what I'm saying, Gary? Because we talk about can you red kids and can you you know not put them out there so early yeah yeah i i so, uh, I, I, I i agree with you okay so so talking about the game talking about the game now gary this, this game means a lot to me because i've been telling you for a while i said <laughs> i think you got company <laughs> the game means a lot to you <laughs> That's funny. No, but, 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 no, Gary, I told you I said if Miami beats Florida State, that's two, three kids from South Florida that ain't going to Tallahassee. Uh-huh. That's a huge difference. Uh-huh. And then that that's a huge difference. That's the difference between a Mason Tyson Campbell stand or a uh uh 
uh, Patrick Sertain. I don't know if he's really looking at Miami, but it could be the difference between one or two kids not leaving South Florida. It could be the difference between Joyner, you know, the outside linebacker that we're looking at, you know, flipping him. You know, it's it's just little things like that that I look at to see if the tide is getting ready to turn. I want to talk about what I see the big keys to the game. We can't underestimate what special teams are going to mean in this game. We can't do nothing stupid like let a long run back come or get field goals blocked, extra points blocked, or, you know, badly kicking the ball and kicking it out of bounds and not instead of kicking it in the end zone. Little things like that. I'm going to be looking in the game that's going to give me a feel on how this thing is going to turn out. The other thing I'm looking for is, if they if the, if the team has to face adversity in Tallahassee, how well can the coaching staff get their minds turned around and get them into the game? You know, something may if you may jump on a seven nothing, ten nothing, and will we panic? Will we be in a flux? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a those, you know that's are, a great legitimate question and point. I you know last last year they didn't handle those situations very well. You know when they when they lost to North Carolina and Virginia Tech in particular, they, you know, they didn't handle those situations very well. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. I mean, last year, you remember we talked about we left like 10 or 20 points on the field. That turnover Kaya threw in the end zone against McFadden, you know, it, did, did our boys hang their heads down? You know, did, were they were like, oh, shucks, here we go again. Because if we would have scored right then, we would have been really big up on Florida State at home. So how well, how much leadership is on the team where when you're dealing in a hostile crowd that we can get them back? Because you can remember Florida State's playing with pretty much a young team with that young quarterback back there. So any confidence, any leverage they have going into the game can really, can our boys kind of fight through that? You know, uh, do we give up a long pass? Do we give up a long run? And, you know, can we get our hands, can, can we get our head from out the sand or, and, you know, and get right back at it. Those are going to be some things I'm going to be looking at, and we can talk next week during the show um, because those are the, some of the things I'm going to look at. The other thing I'm going to look at is, I mean, I like to believe this, but I think there's going to be somebody on the team that's going to make a big play that we don't expect. It may be a Thomas. It may be a Harley. It may be a defensive back, like maybe a Bandy or something. You know, just – the, somebody on the team, I think, an unexpected person, not your traditional, your Red Wines or, you know, your Johnson, you know, it, just somebody out the norm that can make a big play, I think will go a long way for the team. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Big plays are are critical in games like this. There's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, Santana Moss, I think, was the one that coined the phrase big-time players – make big time plays in, in, in big time games and big time moments. And it's uh, so much truth to that. You know, I, I mean, it could be a, it could be a McLeod taking a, a fumble recovery or causing a fumble. Just, just that, those are some of the things I'm going to be looking at in the game. That's going to mean a lot. And, and, the, and two things I want to make is how well can we handle that? <sighs> you know, how well can we handle that? You know, can the offensive line hold up and not get rattled? We we don't need to run for 100 yards, but we need to be close. Mm-hmm. It just can't all – it can't be all on Rozier's shoulder. It just needs to be close because, you know, I know you're saying it's going to be a 10-point game. I actually think it's going to be like maybe a seven-point game. I think it's going to be a fourth-quarter game. 
and it'd be great if we can kind of pull it out. Now, this is my last comment. I need some help on this because I missed it on the earlier part of the call. I'm looking at our recruiting class, and, man, if we can hold it together, man, it looks real. I mean, if we can keep Joe, if we can keep Governor, Governor Hall, but I'm telling you, Alabama's going through a trailer, a house, a Corvette. They're going to do whatever they need to do to get them boys because when you look at the Alabama secondary, they losing a lot, and they're not just trying to replace with anything. They're scouring the country for the elite of the elite. So this game means a lot because if Miami can kind of come through and end up with a real, real decent season, they may not be swayed or pressured as much to have to leave to go all the way home, leave home and go to another program like that. And so I miss, I miss the piece that you talked about, like Hall and Joe. If you could just kind of refresh me on that, because I got a little anxiety about Well, I was, I was asked who are the two guys that I'm most, most, I would be most concerned about, you know, defecting, and those, those were two that I threw out. Okay. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm concerned about that, because those are two – prime folks that we need to keep because we we know we need help in the secondary going forward and and going on. The last thing I want to make, Gary, and you could just kind of comment on this is, and you just keep me on hold, can you talk a little bit about the coaching in in two years, what Mark Rick has really done for the program, the culture, the atmosphere, and everything because our phone calls on the weekly show is a whole lot different. We went to a tough period last year, but when I look at this program, I see glimpses little piece by piece where you can sense we're on our way someplace. And what I mean by that is, you know, not the most talented players or average players, but you can see at least they're coached up well. They tackle well. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. They don't do – you don't see the targeting hits by the DBs. You, you, you see – you know, could you talk a little bit about that? Because those are some things that I look at to talk about a program. I told you before, I hated watching Miami win the Al Golden because if we went in the the game losing at the half, we lost that game. There was no halftime adjustment. There was no kind of bouncing back and overcoming that. So if you could speak a little bit about that and just kind of keep me on hold. But that's something I don't think we talk a lot about during games fans talk about. Those are the ends of the ends of the games that I take a look at. And you can just kind of keep me on hold. Well, yeah, I think, you know, to sum it up, I I think he's just brought a professional atmosphere and a professional operation to the program in in every area. You know, I I think if you if you break it down into segments, you know, recruiting, uh, nutrition, strength and conditioning, um, coaching staff, uh, game preparation, um, I, I think he's just brought a professional atmosphere and a professional mindset to the program. And, and that's what an experienced head coach, you know, does for you. He's been around, he, he knows the, the right way to do things. And, and I, I, I think that's what he uh, demands and the people working for him. And I think for the most part, it gets fulfilled. Um, I think all they got to do is win now. You know, I mean, they, they, they lost their biggest games last year, other than the bowl game, you know, I, you know, the Virginia tech game, the North Carolina game, those are, you know, I mean, Florida state, you know, it can go either way. I mean, that's not a, a surprise, but, but um, you know, you can't lose every one of your tough conference games like they did last year. So that's to me is the step forward that you would be looking for here this year. Um, you know, it's all right in front of them. This has a chance to be a special season 
with a team that is still building. I mean, let's put, let's be honest. I mean, this is not what I would call a special team yet. This is a, a team that's building, like trying to become special that maybe has a chance by next year to, to be special. If guys don't get ahead of themselves and run off to the national football league before they really should, you know, which is what happened a little bit this year. But um, so that's the best way I could describe it. Just, the, you know, he's brought a professionalism to the program and, and, um, I think the program is is in pretty solid footing in just about every area, and now they just have to go in. Hey, hey Gary, let me let me just say this, and you can let me go. Here's what you know. I'm glad you pointed all those things out to me. Here's my here's the overall vision is, is, that I see Miami, and, and this is what I embrace, and I kind of get it. If Miami runs, not to say they run the table, but say we end up with a ten and two season, or we end up in eleven and one, and we're playing one of the big bowls. I think we have the kind of coaching staff that's kind of been to the mountaintop that can kind of guide those guys through that type of a period. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whereas I look yeah, at but, the last but, but you got but you got to win, no doubt. But you yeah, got to win. I, I understand. And that's that. and that's the only that's really the only the only knock that 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 you know that came on the trail from Georgia. You know the 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 reason they. They got to the point where they fired Mark Rick to Georgia was they just felt like he wasn't winning the big games and wasn't winning titles. And, you know, everybody loved all the things that I just mentioned. And, you know, so, you know, that's why I say that that's the one thing that's left here. You know, I I think all the things that made made Mark so well thought of at Georgia, he's brought with him to Miami. And and now they they, they just have to win. And it starts on Saturday. Got to get that Florida State monkey out of there, you know? Yeah. You, you can keep me on hold, but I tell you what, man, you know, touche. You're absolutely right about that. But remember my comment when I told you, because come signing day, if we beat Florida State, remember there's probably going to be about two kids that Florida State will end up with, that Miami will, and that's when it begins to turn. Keep me on hold, man. We'll keep right, man. this conversation. You got it. Thank, thank you for being part of the show. Let's go out to the uh, 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Sino three hundred five. Hey, what's up, Sino? What do you got for us this week? Okay, a couple questions. Um, for one, if we had Kaya right now instead of Rozier, who do you think has a better shot not only at winning this game, but after watching Rozier a few, we didn't know what we were getting before the season started. Now we we have a sample size a few games in. Who do you think gives us the best chance to win and have a better season? Rozier or Kaya? Uh, I would say Kaya. You know, for a guy really? who's starting who, – who, yeah, a guy who you, – you're talking – you're comparing a guy who would be starting his fourth year, who's the all-time leading passer in the history of the program, versus a guy that started three games, two of them against – or I guess four, four games now, two of them against Duke, the other two against Bethune-Cookman and Toledo. I mean, come on! It's not okay. you can't even compare. You can't even compare the two. I mean, well, listen, I'm I'm a Kool Aid drinker. I love what we've seen from Malik Rozier these first few weeks, and he's played phenomenally. He's thrown, I think, two bad passes in in you know the the, the first quarter of the season. But if you asked me the question you asked me, I would have to say Kaya for that reason. You know, the only difference, and I understand what you're saying, uh, and I pro- I may, you know I'm I'm still unsure. But watching the last game, seeing that you seeing a couple of plays 
where Rozier was able to, to extend and get a first down or extend and get six to eight yards and keep the, play, keep the drive alive. Those are things that you wonder if, if you had Kaya in there and he would have got sacked or he wouldn't have been able to even bring that to the table. How, you know what I mean? How much more of a limited offense are we without, without a guy like Rozier that, that gives us a little bit of a threat of him doing the, you know, the RPO, fake handoff and running? Those are big. Those are right, those now you're asking, drive a lot. Now you're asking a different question, I think. I, I think you're, the question you're asking is if you, have, if you don't have an offensive line that could provide the quarterback with supreme protection on a regular basis and you need your quarterback to be able to move around and, and run the ball 10, 15 times a game the way Rozier did, for example, last week, who, who is better equipped to do that, Brad Kyer or Malik Rozier? I think in that, in that situation you would say Rozier. No, what I'm saying is I don't think our offensive line is any worse this year than it's been last year and the year before. What no, I'm it's not. I mean, Kaya took a beating more times than not the last three years. Yeah, you know, we have a guy now that brings another element to our offense, another wrinkle, you know, and yeah. he can also throw the deep ball maybe better than Kaya. I mean, I don't know. I've watched Kaya a few years now, and I don't remember him on the deep ball uh, hitting guys in stride like that. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, Kaya... Kaya made a lot of the same throws on the same plays. Come on, let's not let's let's not, I mean, let's not. Get I, I think Kaya. Kaya's I mean, you're talking about a guy that's on an NFL roster. He's on an NFL roster right now. I know he's I, not I a starter as a, as a rookie, and Kaya, you know he's not. But I yeah. mean, you're talking about a guy that's in the in the, he's in the National Football League. But we're talking about college football. It's a little bit different. You know, Kaya can sit back and throw a lot of. You know, he can see the field for sure better. He can make this more accurate, especially intermediate throws. But I'm talking about for what we need to win games. I'm wondering if Rozier may even be a better option now after watching him in terms of just bringing more to the table and, and, and giving the defense more to worry about, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe it ends up being that way. You know, let's see how the season plays okay. out. I mean, if the team then, goes undefeated or loses one game with Malik Rozier, I think you can make that argument that even though he might not be as good of a pro prospect, that maybe the team's better off with Malik. I mean, look, look at the Seattle Seahawks, you know, what they've done with Russell Wilson. I mean, Russ, no one's going to say, no one's, you know, going to make the argument that Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Seattle found way, has found ways over the last several years to win with him. It's a different style of quarterback, but for what they're doing in Seattle, it's been very effective. And maybe that'll be the case here. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Because in college football, I think you need that, that extra element of at least being able to scramble, at the very least being able to move in the pocket. And Kaya just, I, I feel like he was just so immobile that it, it created a problem. Uh, in a lot of games, we couldn't get any drives going in so many games last year. And I think that, that added element could be a little bit of what we're missing or what we were missing to get over the hump. So it just seems like it to me. Um, and well, then I, I mean, the, the, you, the truth is the true pro style offense is kind of like a dinosaur in college football. Right. And, and, and you're right. People are going towards a preference of quarterbacks that can move around a little bit. Right. So we, we may have a good mix of somebody who can make the throws, you know, maybe not all of the throws, you know, not see the field the way a Kaya can, but he can definitely do enough to hit our explosive players. And then, you know, he can definitely run. He's a strong guy. Um, so, okay, so I, I definitely think also I just want to add to 
uh, what some people have been saying that this is definitely our opportunity to get a, to go in there and get a win and maybe a really convincing win. You know, like you said, ten plus points. Uh, this is definitely you know. I mean, with a freshman quarterback in our defense, we should be able to do it. And we're going to definitely hit him. Uh, he's he's still small, frail. You know, he's not built the way Francois or or Rosier or these guys that have been in college systems for a while. I mean, he, if he gets hit from some of our D linemen, it could be game over for him. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, what was I going to ask you? Okay, well, I guess I guess that was it. Uh, you answered already in, in the previous calls a few other questions. How do you? Can you give me a prediction for how you see the season? Uh, with, let's with get a little bit of <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, obviously things are shaping up relatively favorably, but you know, you got to get through this week first. I mean, th- this week sets the table for everything else. Sounds good, man. I mean, and I'm not. Sure, you know, I don't think I don't think you could, you could sit here and and just start counting eight eight more consecutive victories. You know, like they're automatic. Yeah. I mean, let, hey, let's put it this way. This is a football program that's won eight straight games. Okay, if you go back exactly. to last year, that's pretty damn impressive. Absolutely. So, so I, you know, I think Absolutely. you're seeing that. You, I think you're seeing that the tide is turning, and you know, they they still have a ways to go, but you know, I, I think you know, winning eight straight is pretty encouraging. So now, yeah. now they just gotta. Now they gotta prove they can do it against a little bit. Even though Florida State's a little down, they're not that far down. So they, they got to go up this this week and get it done. Yeah. Um, all right. Sounds good. Uh, and there's no way they're canceling this game, right? With the storm coming. No. In? No. It'll, it'll it'll be played somewhere. All right. So okay. uh, give us a call next week. Perfect. Thanks for being part of the show. Thanks, my man. Bye, man. Let's go to the two one zero. You're on Kane Sport Live. You there? Two one zero going once, twice. All right, sorry about that. Next week, uh, let's go to the two three nine. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yep, that's you. Hey Gary. Hey, um, I had some questions that I want to talk to you about. All right, who's this? Uh, first thing, uh, first thing I heard a lot of people mentioning on the on the phone call. Everybody keeps talking about um, five-star and four-star. It's a little frustrating because it kind of um, – I think the thing that we should really be talking about is how many NFL players does Miami have? And last year, the players that we had, you can see um, the guys in the NFL now, I think that we were pretty good. And I think we uh, we measure up a lot better than what Florida State um, was doing. So that was just one of the things that I want to talk about. Thanks for that. Yep. I'm just oh, letting okay. you let, letting you talk. Go ahead. Yeah, and um, and uh, one of the things that scares me this game is uh, Florida State's defensive backfield. They're very, very good. I mean, they got um, Derwin James and Tavares McFadden. Um, saying that the score is going to be 27-17, I don't, I don't think this is going to be one of those games at all. I, this, it kind of feels like this could be one of those ten to seven. 10 to 3, 3 to, you know, one of those games that we had back. Um, if it's, if it's like that, that's not good for Miami. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what really scares me because it just, it, it, it kind of has that feel like uh, clearly like on our, our defensive line and our linebackers, we match up um, equal with Florida State. But I just get the feel that they have a better defensive backfield than we do. I mean, they got, they got better players. They're more experienced and 
I'm I'm of the mindset that you know if it's a really low scoring game like that, is Malik Rozier gonna throw a, a bad pick and it's, um, they're gonna they're gonna take it to the house? And so um, that's that's another one of the things that uh, scares me. Uh, another thing that uh, some of the Florida State fans were saying um, at the beginning of the year is there's a lot of comparison of Darwin James to Sean Taylor, and I, I just don't see it. You know, he's good, and he's an athletic safety, but, I mean, I don't see that all-world type of talent, you know, one-time generation um, type of talent that Sean Taylor had. Nah, so, yeah, that's way – that kind of comparison's way premature. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, even in the uh, – with the the game that they lost when um, that wide receiver just shook him out of his shoes, it was it was ugly. I mean, I don't I don't see that happening with a a great Sean Taylor or an Ed Reed. I don't I don't that that play doesn't happen with a great player like that. And um, the uh, the last thing that I I would say um I, I don't know what your analysis of Josh Joe. I, I, see, I know everyone's freaking out about the two players. I'm more concerned about Gervin Hall. I feel like he's the more the player, if if you just look at Josh Job, um, uh, if you watch him, he doesn't seem like he comes up and he hits with his shoulder pads a lot. Yeah, no, he, yeah, like he, he, Josh Job physically is everything you would want. He he's going to need to be coached up. I think I, I agree with you that if you're looking saying who's more likely to help you right away, I would agree with you that Gervin Hall. Yeah, because uh, Josh Job, he um. He can get away being physically, just physically more talented and more physical at the high school level and even wherever he's at right now. But when he gets to college, he's not going to be the biggest guy anymore. You know, he's not going to be able to just, you know, hit somebody with a stick and, and hope that they fall down because he's bigger than them. He's going to get mm-hmm. ran right over by, by some of these big receivers if he tries mm-hmm. to do that. And so that was just some of the things I uh, I, I had in mind. I don't know um, that was it. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right. Let's go to the 541. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Eric. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Eric? What you got? Um, just calling, man. I think the DBs did a much better job last week, but does Coach Rump not practice getting their heads turned around and look for the ball to maybe get some? Well, we, we were just talking about that a few minutes ago with Slaughter, who was, who was pointing out, you know, he's a – He's a DB expert, and he was pointing out that the problem that he felt Malik was having was he's getting beat off the line of scrimmage, and he's chasing. And and when you're chasing a receiver down the field, uh, at that point, what DBs are often taught is you know to to watch the hands and watch the eyes, and and then play the ball off the hands if you're in, if you're in a compromised position like that. So you know he felt that that's what he was seeing with Malik Young. Uh, is it a bigger problem than that? I don't know. You know, Malik's, I think, done a pretty good job for the most part. Uh, he, you know, he did have a couple, couple shaky plays last week, but uh, for the most part, I think he's played pretty well. Yeah, I'm definitely impressed. I, I definitely see him getting better week by week, um, especially uh, Delaney. Uh, he had a much better game. Like I like seeing Dean getting out there. And sorry, I'm late to the party. I'm on the West Coast, so it's. I chimed in late, getting off work, but uh, but I definitely like to see the progression making. I just like to see more aggressive as far as you know, trying to get some interceptions. You know, you know, not getting beat off the line like that. But you know, you got to play the technique how you got to play it. 
my next question is, uh, what's up with the indoor practice facility? Uh, is any – I know they broke ground. Yep. It is. They're, they're working they out did. there. Uh, they didn't run into no problems or anything like that? To, uh, I don't think so. Uh, it looks – you know, I, I haven't checked in, in about a week or so. I haven't looked over in the construction site, but they're working out there every day. So they're, it's it's in motion. All right, perfect. And my last question is, is about recruiting. You know, I'm not big into recruiting right now because it's way too early. But uh, just keeping up with some of the kids that we do have committed. Uh, Arthur Sikowski, what's what's up with him? Did he get benched by his high school? No, he no, he hurt his shoulder. He tried to play hurt. wasn't very effective, so okay. they took him out. All right, all right, that's cool. Well, thank you so much, Gary. Um, West you got King. it. I appreciate it. Have a great night. You got it, man. Give us a call next week. Try to fit a few more in tonight. Let's go to the 530. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, this is uh, Josh from California. How are you doing? What's up, Josh? Doing good. What you got? Um, well, here, here's the thing. There's, there's, if we beat Florida State, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we, we haven't played yet, but there's three things we've got to get back. Everyone knows the first thing. We've got to start beating Florida, Florida State, winning national championship, and then the third thing – you, the third thing is beating number one ranked teams. And I'll give you a statistic here. From 1981 through 1991, Miami played eight different teams that were ranked number one. You know how many of those games they won? Go ahead. Eight, eight of them. Eight, they won eight, all eight? Eight wins in a row. They won all eight. And that's what Miami Miami – from 81 through 91, they had that magic of being able, being, being able to get up for a big game because they had enough talent to where, you know, if they could just get motivated, they could win the number one team. So, anyway, that's Well, it. it's that's there in I front got. of them. If they, keep, if, they, if they keep winning, they're going to get to play Clemson, which will be number one or number two at that point probably. And and then if they can win that, they'll, they might get a shot at Bama. So, we'll see. <laughs> but got to got to stick to Saturday first. Got to win this game Saturday. Okay. Yeah, and if you could keep me on hold, too. You got it, man. Thanks for calling in. Give us a call next week. All right, last call of the night. Let's go to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Gaetan from Boynton Beach, Florida. Hey, what's up, man? You're what's a new up? caller, aren't you? Uh, I got a couple. This, this, uh, first, first one time? is Mark. Is this your who, first who time on the show? Who Mark Walton to of, of the old Canes? Because this guy – he runs with an attitude. He runs hard. Like, who would you compare him to of the old Canes? Um, Frank Gore, maybe. Is what about Clinton Portis? Um, he yeah. just seems to have that attitude of the old school Hurricanes. He yeah. gets hurt. He gets right back up. This guy, he he just he's just a tough kid, and he he yeah. just you know exemplifies everything that a Miami Hurricane is. What are your thoughts? You could about go that? either way there. You could go, you know, you can go Portis, you can go Gore. You know, I, I, those are probably good analogies. So is he a, is he a true sophomore? Walton? No, he's, yeah. a, he's a junior. He's a junior this year. Do you think he has any shot if, uh, to go to the NFL? Would he leave? Or what I do you think, think about he's. That? I think he's almost definitely going to go out into the draft. He's he's got nothing. To, I don't know where his draft status is going to be at the end of the year. And I'll, as once we get past the middle of the season, I'll start looking into that a little bit more. Um, but. I don't see that. That's one guy. I, I like guys to come back, but that's one guy. I don't see what he would have to gain by coming back next year. He's a running back. Um, he will have maxed out his abilities in college. And um, I think he's got to go after this year. 
So, so what do you what do you think that means for Travis Homer? Because next year we got Cam Davis and uh, Lingard. Where, where does that leave Travis Homer? You think? I think it depends on Lingard. You know, I think it, it depends how ready Lingard is next September. Uh, if Lingard's ready, Lingard is the superior talent, um, and Travis Homer would have a very similar type of role. I like the role that Travis Homer has right now. Um, I think he's got the perfect role for his skill set. Um, he's on all the special teams where his athleticism can have an impact, a big impact. And, you know, he's a backup running back. He gets his, you know, three, four, five, six or so carries a game. He gets to catch a pass or two. And like, to, to me, that that's the perfect role for Travis Homer. So I don't, you know, I think Lingard is a potential elite running back. So the, the question will be how quickly he can reach that level and, and be ready to play. Okay, I agree with that. One last question. So, obviously, after FSU this week, of the games we have left at home, I know we have Notre Dame and we have Florida, uh, we have uh, Virginia Tech. What do you think is the toughest home game we have? Who do you think is the more toughest competition after this? I still think Virginia Tech's a very good team. I, I know they got roughed up a little bit by Clemson, but you know, I, I think I think they're an extremely good team. I think you know they'll they'll be a tough test. I think. Georgia Tech coming off the Florida State game. I think Miami has to prove that they can play the week after Florida State. They haven't been very good at that lately. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I I think that that'll potentially test them a little bit because, you know, they figure to be mentally and physically beaten up a little bit after the FSU game. Uh, But, but yeah, I mean, I, I would put Virginia Tech over Notre Dame in terms of the toughest home game. Okay. Sounds good. That's all I got for you, Gary. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Um, We covered most of the topics that we would have addressed uh, in the questions that were submitted. Um, Just looking looking down the list, we talked about the offensive line. Um, One of the questions submitted, who's the best defensive player on the team, regardless of position? Um, If I had to pick one, it would be Joe Jackson, I think. Um, Who's the best player on the team, regardless offense or defense? I'd say that would be a toss-up, probably between uh, Joe Jackson, Mark Walton, and probably Amon Richards. Um, you know, I asked about the front seven underachieving the first few games. We talked about that tonight. I don't think there's any question that they've been a little lackluster, and we'll be looking for more um, this week. So, um, you know, we've we've covered the, the improvement of the defensive backs tonight. You got a, a tough matchup with Auden Tate, I think. You know, a big six-five receiver who's made a lot of big plays for Florida State. I think that's something that you got to watch um, this weekend. But all in all, we covered a lot of ground tonight. I thought it was a really good show. I want to thank everybody that called in. Um, want to thank our sponsors, uh, MyBookie.ag. Um, if you go to their website, if you're a sports better and um, you make an initial deposit, they'll match it 100% if you use the promo code Kane, C-A-N-E. So that's mybookie.ag. Um, if you like to wager on football, uh, now would be a good time to take advantage of that offer. And I want to thank, as always, the startup.com, the company created by Canes fans, where you got to be a Canes fan to work. And now they're trying to help all the Canes out there that are small business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, make your businesses better um, with their platform um, at uh, the startup.com. So uh, thank you for sponsoring to those two. And um, off to Tallahassee, we think. Uh, We'll see. I'll probably get a new storm update tomorrow. 
Uh, I know they were, they were playing through some different scenarios today. If they feel like the storm is going to impact um, the game at three 30 on Saturday. So maybe we'll find out more tomorrow and wherever the game's played. I hope I get to meet more of you guys um, up there. It's, it's always fun. And I thank you for being part of the show. And we'll be back next week at our regular time on Tuesday night. So I'll see you then. Good night, everybody. <laughs>